93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Uh, our next guest has arrived. Hey, hey. Yeah. we're very happy about this. Uh, we need obviously yeah. some music, yeah. Casey, to bring this on. Oh, what would you use? What would be an appropriate theme? Is there one that what stands the... out? Appropriate something piece? perhaps iconic mm-hmm. of music would be maybe something like this. Yeah. yeah, of course she's never heard that before. <laughs> right, please. <laughs> but listen, the the movie Mission Impossible Rogue Nation is in theaters. I was just as we were in the break uh, watching some of the stunt stuff. It's amazing, and uh, the the. The female lead in this is right in our studio. Rebecca Ferguson is here. Yeah. Hey, Rebecca, how you doing? Good, you guys. Welcome. <laughs> Thanks for coming in this morning. Thank you for having me. No problem. So, how excited are you, huh? Overly excited. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. How long ago did you guys uh, finish and wrap and you were done? Has it been over a year? Or No. No, we really? Wrapped in, I think we wrapped in March. And oh, then wow. we've That's a, a quick turnaround. Of, um, more shoot days after that. Okay. I yep. wonder if, if, if the, because sometimes, um, and the thing that distinguishes this series, which I love, I've loved every one of the movies, um, the physical effects. Yeah, not, not a lot is phoned in, not a lot is CGI'd. And, and I guess the reason, oh. I guess for, from completion to being able to release it so soon after that probably figures into it a bit, right? Yeah, it does. And the fun thing is being a sort of in environments where you don't have lots of green screens and stuff. You know, the bikes are driving and these wires are at roads. It is it's it's there. dangerous. It's there. It's fun. By the way, good having all the names here. I can say, hi, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> hi, Kathy. That was Preston's idea. idea. That was Preston's idea. Yeah. Very good. Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> hey, speaking of the of the physical <laughs> effects and so forth, they've got you jumping up and wrapping your legs around people's heads and snapping their necks and... Doing all this crazy stuff. Just a stuff. regular Friday evening, really, I guess wouldn't so, you right? say? Yeah. <laughs> uh, is is this the first type of? Uh, now you were in Hercules. You were in that movie yeah. as well. But um, stunts like this have you have you done these before? No, this is completely new. And okay. in Hercules, I was like a princess and mm-hmm. and doing field work. You had Hercules go do your dirty work. I had work. Hercules do the work, <laughs> and I would pay him a bit of gold if, for it. Honestly, when you're friends with Hercules, it's an obvious choice. Have you met Dwayne? Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we interviewed lovely. him. Yeah, we've heard. He's wonderful. But no, this is the first time. And I was playing Queen of England, and then I did a countess, and I did some, which is lovely, horse and sandals and camels called Barbie. Right. Um, and then I said to my agents, I'd love to kick some ass. Is there anything coming up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they said, mission. And I said, no, 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 we can't get that. And then and you uh, got it. I did. Well, wow. the, 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 it was my understanding that, that uh, you know, they, they go through a, a pretty arduous, because you're basically... Um, the the female equivalent of Tom Cruise. You are as badass as, as, yeah. as yes, absolutely. Uh, but the second you arrived for everything to get started, they took you to a gym and said six days a week. Upon and, arrival, sir. Yeah. Upon arrival. They, wow. They picked me up and then they brought me to the gym. And, and that was it. And a month and a half, we I think I did about five, six hours a day, six days a week of different kinds of training. Like Tom likes running. I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, yeah, he runs yeah. a lot. He yeah, runs yeah, a yeah. lot. And, and he <laughs> has a particular Tom Cruise run. It's yeah. so good. I, I love Tom Cruise in action movies. I think mm-hmm. he is just awesome. I he's mean, because you can tell he's into it mm-hmm. and, and he's into the stunts. Now, did... As you go in, you're taking something, and you you know you be careful what you wish for. Scenario: I want a little kick ass uh, action. <laughs> um, you know they so you, they have you training with the the, the fighting and the martial yep. arts, um, and they they give you guns to use. Obviously, Did that you, amongst lots of other things. Lots of other has. stuff. Uh, and w- w- were you blown away? Was it overwhelming? How did t- did Tom help you? Um... Oh God, yeah. Okay. I mean, this is his machinery, and he's been doing this for many years. So it's sort of you come into an already created ensemble of characters and people and energy and knowledge. It's a machine. It's a yeah, yeah. but it's it's something that is fun and exciting, and you can ask millions of questions, or you just also study him. 
in action because we were on set every day together. And when I was filming and he wasn't, he would be coming in just to support. And Oh, cool. Yeah, it's like coming home to someone and them just inviting you in. Yeah. And you have a laugh doing it. It's... I miss it. <laughs> I do. Well, you, hopefully all, your additional experiences of making movies will be as pleasant because obviously you enjoyed this. I loved it. Yeah, yeah. Loved like Steve said, I, I really enjoyed every movie thus far and um, have been impressed at how they top one stunt after another. And the scene mm. on the Burj Dubai in Ghost, uh, Ghost Protocol is, is ridiculous. It's crazy. I it, didn't know he did it for real right. until I saw him on the plane in our film. And then I went, ah, oh, okay, the guy does it. If all you're right, not familiar, so, he's, he's, he's on the, the tallest building in Dubai and he's really the on the Tallest building in the world yeah. and, and he's on the outside of it and I didn't think that that stunt could be topped and then in this movie <laughs> the plane stunt yep. occurs and we have a, a video up on our website of, of how that actually happens and then it's actually him on the outside of the plane oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know do you have a favorite stunt from any of the movies and is that your favorite stunt from this movie and mind you I was sitting there drinking coffee just drinking <laughs> <laughs> you go Tom baby you yeah. go he is you are, crazy. you are my hero <laughs> but your first day of filming you had to rappel down the Vienna Opera the, house? Yeah, I did. A uh, hundred feet? I think that, well, that one was 75, that but was 75. I had, it doesn't matter because I have vertigo. Basically, I wouldn't be sitting on this chair. Yeah. And this is like, I don't know, <laughs> half a meter. Right. Um, and I told them and they said, that's fine. We have great stunt doubles. And I was like, stunt doubles? Yeah, they're good. <laughs> I want to try it. Yeah. yeah. So they put me in a harness and for a month they sort of brought me up a meter, two meters, down to one meter again, and we gradually worked ourselves up to the height. Can you? That was seventy. Can you lose? I've heard if you, I mean, in the classic case, they say face your demon and you and you'll beat it and you lose. It. Have you lost your vertigo because of this? Do you know what, Steve? I'm doing interviews in houses in America on the forty fifth floor. <laughs> Usually, I'll be having them all in the lobby. Wow, it was that severe, yeah. that yeah. pronounced. Yeah. Wow, it's funny because we have had actors in here before that have said, "When you're up for a role, and uh, you, you'll basically say anything to get it." Like, <laughs> yeah. you, know, you, you know how to ride horses? Yeah, of course I do. I've ridden horses for years. <laughs> Never ridden a horse in my entire life. <laughs> and, and so, even though you have vertigo, you just you know whatever. Yeah, and also it's a Mission Impossible. I didn't really think what comes with Mission. I've seen all the films. I love them. Um, but you just never know what to expect. Expect the unexpected mm -hmm. as an actress in a Mission film as well. Well, the, the, And you know that they will always support you. You know, they would never go... Just jump off the building. You're going to die. Get, yeah, no, you'll get trained. <laughs> yeah, or yeah. you'll have someone else do it. It's more that I'm put in a situation where I get to try things and to face fear and to decide to go no or yes. There's there's a, a a thing that they do the Mission Impossible movies that that it stands for the best Bond movies. You always have to have an engaging good villain, mm -hmm. and they've had Seymour Hoffman and they've had uh, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman and and uh, oh, he was who, who's the villain and, the, and is I hear the potential is that you could possibly have a your character could have another well, side see, Steve, to if her. I told you that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I know, I know. We you have wanna, yeah. we have a very good team of bad guys in this film. Okay, um, and and and. It's just, it's fantastic acting. Just go and see it. I have a question. Why haven't we seen... I'm, like, in love with you. I'm like, I say, I'm, like, I'm falling for this woman. You're stunningly beautiful. You have this amazingly gorgeous voice. Why haven't we seen you in more movies up until now? I know you've been working, but why not in higher-profile projects? I don't... I think it has to do... It's a hard It's a hard area of work, probably, like, in this job as well. I mean, there are many channels until you get to... A place where people will be listening to you, right? En masse. But I've done quite a lot in Sweden, and then three years ago, I, I managed to cross the borders and I did something called the White Queen, which got a great critical reaction. Incredible! This critical is the reaction. one that takes place during the War of the Roses. Yes, exactly. Yeah, okay. So medieval, um, and and then sort of gradually, everything takes time. It's like a generator. 
and we'll see where it goes from this. Okay. I mean, I'm I'm really loving it. Yeah, well, yeah. You're, you're going in the right direction, certainly, with, with this film. Yeah. Are you a tango dancer? I I am. Have you danced tango, Kathy? Well, I, I, I'm, I, I'm a salsa dancer, but I love all the dance shows. You and teach I'm, me moves and I'll teach you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the tango, I, I've taken a few tango classes. It's very difficult. And you have to, I feel like you really have to know your partner because you're going to get super close. You do. You have to just sort of relax into it. But there's a difference between Argentinian tango and normal sort of Finnish tango. I did the Argentinian one. And okay. I taught it on low level. It's incredible. It's, did you have a school? Did you, did you, or were you, were I, you teaching? Well, I, I started off and I loved it. And then I had a good connection with pupils. Okay. Um, and I danced with this incredible guy. So we sort of, our collaboration worked well together. Let me ask you a question. Did, was there a point in your life which you had a Swedish accent? You're, 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 you were born in Sweden, but your mother was British? Yeah, my mum's English. Okay. And my dad's Swedish. Okay. It comes now and then. When I'm back home in my little fishing village in Sweden. You, it, um, comes back, it comes back to you? Well, yeah, and okay. I come back and they sort of go, yep, okay, voice coach. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's your accent in Mission Impossible? I think I do it like this. British? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. She's sort of, she's a traveling a undercover agent. So oh, people okay. say where she's from, and I sort of go, it depends on where you think the accent is from. <laughs> well, <laughs> sure, you, you figure it out. Steve has a wonderful Swedish accent. Uh, yeah, to her, to her. I do every stereotypical when it's Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, you, you got to oversell it to uh, to do the deal. You, you have a uh, massive ring on the middle finger of your left hand. Is that a scarab? That and, is a scarab. I wish wow. you could see it all Oh. Yes, this is my baby. But you know what? Traveling uh, airports in America could be seen as a weapon, apparently. Yes. <laughs> I didn't know. So, yeah, so literally my, my publicist says, check it in. Don't don't have it on you. Oh, my God. Well, that's that's like one-to-one scale. That's the size yeah. of the natural... It's are, fab, are you, are, isn't it? Yeah, it it's is. It's Norwegian brand. We do very good jewelry in Scandinavia. Are Absolutely. you into uh, bugs and, uh, you know, different... Uh... Sure, when they're <laughs> stiff and on my hand. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, isn't De Beers from uh, Scandinavia somewhere? The the diamond company? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think they are. All right, so my wife's family is from a a, a diamond empire in uh, in that area, and then what? Uh, yeah, I never heard of this. Yeah, <laughs> this. Your wife is part of a diamond empire? No, Tell so us. the guy left the family for love. So he he decided to come over to America for love, love. over diamonds. Love what over a million. What was he thinking? I have no exactly. Idea. Yeah, it's pretty interesting, it's huh? the first I've heard of this. Is that the end of the story? That's I was waiting for something story. else. Uh, and then immediately. The end of the story, he's, he's sitting in front of a microphone with his name on it now. So. Wow. That's yeah, what it's come to. Yeah. Uh, yes, Rebecca. I'll give you, you have... my scarab if you give me a diamond. All right. Sounds good Okay, good. You have officially met Casey now. Is that the end of the story? <laughs> Are you done speaking now? That's no. Yes. De Beers is uh, from Luxembourg. Luxembourg. In Europe. Might as well it's be. Yeah. Yeah. What? Is it Luxembourg? It is, yeah. Mm. Which is small. <laughs> did you just know that happened? or did you look that up? No, I knew that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Good. Good jumping in. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. He saved, did you see me that. just do the nod and go, oh, Well, yeah. you know, <laughs> I like geography. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Simon Pegg's in the movie as well, and he's a big movie geek. Yeah. And, um, d- d- no, Simon is just a geek. He's just a geek in general, yeah. <laughs> and we've had him in the studio, and he seems like a great guy. Is he, is he a lot of uh, full of charismatic energy on a set? Simon or? is a dear friend. We are laughing all the time. Basically, when you have Simon on set with Tom, they generate each other. You just step back and you just watch them go. It is hilarious. Uh, who who comes up with the stunts? Is it Tom? Is it is it somebody that um, the writers are, you know, 
know, how because uh, he seems so gung-ho about everything, Tom Cruise, I mean, uh, you know, is it the director getting together and say, all right, let's attach you to the side of a plane? Or, or where does that idea originate? I think that's a good question for Tom, because I've sometimes wondered where it all came from. Um, but I think they sit down and Tom has ideas and sort of thoughts. I know that it, there was this underwater sequence that we were doing that Chris and Tom were talking about during Jack Reacher when they were filming that. And because they're really good friends, I think they sit down like we do and they sort of go, hey, what about being on the side of a plane? You know, right. should we do that? And then they ask me and I go, F you. As with any sane person. Yeah. No, and I think we just, they play off each other and then Wade Eastwood, who is the stunt coordinator, who is smashing, will tell them if it's, you know, doable or not. And then it just builds up. So this doesn't open until the 31st. Have you guys have yet had a big glitzy premiere for the, uh, for the movie yet? No, we have our first premiere in Vienna. Oh, uh, accordingly, yeah, yeah. yeah, wonderful. Uh, the twenty third, so um, I look forward to seeing it. And will you go to a number of these premieres? Will there be a Hollywood premiere or anything? I like think that? there'll okay. be a couple. I think we're having some in New York and a bit of Asia, okay. Europe. And-, and what's what's next for you? Uh, some stuff has to have gotten lined up, I would imagine. Well, I just this. wrapped um, a film with Meryl Streep and Hugh Grant. Ah, yes. very nice. Wow. Yes, but I can see by you dropping your draw that yeah. that's been me for a couple of months. I'm sure. But do we hear um, that she's is uh, incredibly magnanimous and and uh, and wonderful to work with? And I mean, you know, she she wouldn't have to be with her no. legend, but that's what we hear. Is None that, is of that these what you're finding out? Who I'm working with do? I mean, I've had from. John Hurt to Tom Cruise and then to Meryl Streep. And I guess when you've worked in the business for so long and you don't have to present something special because you're quite comfortable, she is just so modest and kind and brilliant. And you forget that you're sitting with one of the world's best actresses. Yeah, if if not at this point, but I think award just on award level. You just level, need to yeah. say Meryl and that's enough. That's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. when you've made it. Does she pick up from other... Uh, do you find out, you know, as she comes in and she's working with somebody she's never worked with before, like yourself, that that she understands, look, uh, you know, I, I know I might come off as a bit intimidating and she makes you feel comfortable uh, oh, because no of that. no intimidation at all. I remember okay. my first lunch and Stephen Freer, who's the director. Great director. Wonderful yeah. director. So they said there's a little luncheon going on. Hugh Grant's going to be there in Meryl Streep. And I sort of felt my heart you know, beating a bit right. quicker. Yeah. And you walk in and she came in and just gave me a hug and we had a bit of salad and we chatted about <laughs> people in general and you sit there and it sort of hits you now and then you're sitting with Meryl Streep yeah. as it did with Tom Cruise. and But it, it's normality. It's kind, kind people. That's yeah. very cool. And... Um, it, it's but I, it's I, like meeting you guys. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> it has to be. Is that a bottle honestly. of wine? <laughs> yeah. Yes. This? It's empty though. Yeah. That's yeah. why you're so nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I got this. And then My I got, God, we didn't prepare for this. I got uh, Captain Morgan. If you need a there we go. plain size, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're all basically smashed. we're loose around yeah, yeah. here. Oh, that's fine. That's but it, it's a cool experience. That you, but I, I couldn't help it if I was sitting there having lunch with someone that, that, that I adored at that level. That you, you have to always go. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> Do I have food on my in my teeth? Or yeah, the whole thing. Well, applause to them when you walk out of the room and you've actually forgotten that you're sitting with a superstar. That's, yeah, that's uh, that's a great yeah. yeah. A great ultimately, time. it's work though, right? I mean, like you're doing a job, so yes, it's maybe intimidating initially, but then ultimately you realize you're doing a job, they're doing their job, so you must realize that we're, we're our goals are the same. Yes, absolutely, and we're there to tell a story, and I think I usually feel that. 
God, they've done a mistake. What am I doing here? We feel and like that every you day. Sometimes need, yeah, and you sometimes need people to look at you and go, look, they've chosen you. Just relax into it. You're there for a reason. All but right, I, good. Yeah. But, Keep it positive. But I, I wonder if, if you or anybody who might be, you know, looking at this gigantic star who you've admired for years and years, like we do when people come in here from time to time, we'll find a way to, to finagle getting their phone number or something <laughs> like that. Mind if I call you sometime? <laughs> so, so you hey, just Meryl. have Meryl Streep's number in your phone book, you know, in your... Cell phone. Yeah, let's let's go. Bel- FFJ. Friends Foster Jenkins. <laughs> <laughs> let's, go, let's go repelling sometime. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Right. Well, uh, any idea oh. when that will come out? No, I don't okay. actually. I don't right. think we have next year. They're showing me. And what? What is that? What will that We're be called? We're doing charades in here next. <laughs> year. Two words. And what will that be called? That that one with you, Grant? It's Granton? called Florence Foster Jenkins. Florence, Florence Foster, Foster Jenkins. Jenkins. That's why it's in you. Europe. Just looked at me and said it that way because I said I was in love with you. Look, like, mesmerized by it. <laughs> oh, man. Unbelievable. Uh, well, listen, we certainly appreciate you coming by here. Thank We're excited you. for the film, and uh, and and we hope the, the biggest and best of uh, things happen to you. Thank you so much. This you was bet. wonderful. Oh, good vibe in here. You Could- talk real good like. <laughs> <laughs> she is oh, lovely. Love- Let's hear it for Rebecca Ferguson, everybody. Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. That's in theaters. And with that... We'll take ourselves a quick break and come back in just a moment or two. We got more to go, my friends. Stay right there. Like what you hear? You can see it too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush on Xfinity On Demand. Diamond jewelry doesn't have to be expensive. Have fun buying jewelry for someone you love and don't hate the price you pay. Feel the difference online at IHateStevenSinger.com with free shipping. Buy real diamonds from a real jeweler. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. We were talking earlier about this uh, this photo of uh, Bill Belichick and his uh, daughter at the very end of the Super Bowl. It's all exciting. There's crowds on the on the field, and uh, she gives him a congratulatory kiss. Well, of course, there's you know people taking pictures nonstop, and there's a there's a moment frozen in time of the two of them lip locked, and both their eyes are closed, and some people pounced all over it that it looked a little too passionate for their yeah for their feelings. It's not like he has a handful of knocker, you know. He's not. <laughs> Yeah, I, mean, I do think it was it was it, caught at the wrong yeah, moment. I, that's but, his his thumb on her armpit, yeah. Casey. You might have he's not feeling her up. It's <laughs> in that second, but the 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 subject did start to drive as yes. we were talking about it earlier. Uh, what's appropriate, what's not, and 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 different signs of affection. And I didn't realize she was thirty. I, I thought she was younger. So she um, has experience, Kathy. No, no, no. But, but I said when I was at that at that age, uh, I didn't kiss my dad, and I certainly didn't at thirty. I mean, I, I think it stopped. You know, dad, well, yeah, but don't well, don't you Italians kiss each other a on the of, lips yeah. like crazy? Yeah, a lot of people do, and a lot of people in my family do. Um, we yeah, don't. He kissed me on the lips. Yeah, he that's right. He did. Your dad hey, did. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, you have a smaller mustache than Kathy. <laughs> oh my god. Um, <laughs> yeah, you guys have to remember, I'm I'm part Irish too, so uh, some of the you're traditions, conflicted. Yeah. Well, some of the traditions come from that side, I guess. A lot of my. Uh, a lot of the Italian side of my family, they do kiss on the lips. We do not. Kathy, okay. I, all right, so you haven't kissed your dad on the lips in a long time. Yeah. He hasn't won any Super Bowls, I assume. You know, so we have no, to No, no, he also, did. He won. Yeah. He got one. We also have to, you know, put this into context. This guy just won the National Football Championship. You know, yeah. there's, no, there's I don't, a lot of No, I don't excitement. think so. If something that exciting happened to my dad, I would certainly go over, give him a hug, give him a high five. We would celebrate, but we would not would kiss. Would you unbutton your blouse? Yeah. Uh, no. 
Steve. I, oh, that, I'm just trying to ma- imagine how profound think, this experience well, you're was. Look, I don't cat. think. You, you no, no, listen. Breaking, I don't I'm think. A, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. There are families that do it, but I see why. Look, it was taken at the at the wrong time. I think there's nothing wrong with this. This is clearly listen. The the thing about kissing on on the lips, and you're right. And the, the Italians will do it. The guys will do it. You know, it's a sure. part of the deal. Goodfellas, for Christ's sake, there's more making out than you can possibly yeah. imagine. So, yeah. but but that said. Uh, in this case, obviously caught in this in the second. But there, you know, do you ever get creeped out by? Well, there's the SNL skit you've seen where the family makes out with each other, basically. Right, right. yeah, that's gross. Not basically, what, what, they about, make out. what about you? I mean, with your parents, did did your did your dad uh, kiss when I, you when I was a kid? Yes, yeah. and that stopped at some point in my adolescence. Uh, but my uh, dad. I still kissed, kissed my mom. other dads. Oh, did he? Yeah, <laughs> and that got to be a little bit of an issue. Wow, Bruce never, Jenner. Yeah, he's never talked about it. And I, I, well, it's 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 Gene is his name, so now he just spells it with a J. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't rem- I don't remember when it stopped. It just it just uh, did. Yeah, Teenagers. I think it's probably like twelve or thirteen. Yeah. My son's eight, and I dread the day that it stops. I, I don't want it to end. It's the kid that will. Rebuff, obviously. Yeah, it'll get to it'll be a point where it's embarrassing for him in front of his friends. At or least put like your that. pants, <laughs> right? Come on, Dad, we're in public here. Uh, but uh, you know, I I I'm a, have one child, you know, and and it's, uh, he's my son, and um, it'll stop at some point. It'll kill you, right? It'll kill me. It, yeah. uh, it'll break my heart, and he'll he won't want to do it anymore. So now, when I get to kiss him goodnight, at, that that makes my day. Aww. Giving my daughter a kiss is one of my favorite things of the whole day yep. long, and it's you know uh, when she gets home from school or just to say I love you. Or before bed, and we and we do that, you know, the eyes closed, big pucker, <laughs> that type of thing. It's so damn adorable. That's me with a hooker. I know, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So cute. <laughs> because she, she, that's the only way they'll kiss. Yeah, right. right. You got to pay extra. Yeah, because they usually save that for their boyfriend. Yeah, that's right. Um, but I, you know, I don't think it's odd that a thirty-year-old daughter is kissing her dad. Do you, do you still kiss your mom? I do, yeah. On, on the lips? lips? On the lips, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. My mom died decades ago, and I still kiss her. You do? Yeah, that's how Aww. much you love no, her. No, it's, it's, to me, that my dad never kissed me. Uh, you know, uh, that, uh, maybe when I was a kid, I was unaware. <laughs> maybe, maybe he was. Nice pause before yeah, we, kiss. Need, we need that. He, there yes, was me. other stuff. There was fingers. No. no. <laughs> but there was. Um, not. I knew he loved me, but there was not a lot. There was not a lot yeah. of tactile, you Some, know, hugging yeah. and stuff like that. And, and that's Irish, a little bit of Scotch Irish. Yeah, you know, and and we're we are a very affectionate family, but we just don't kiss on the lips. You, you know, just don't love each other. No, yes, right, yeah. exactly. You, it's outside. What do you do with your brothers, Kath? No, we don't kiss on the lips. On the cheek. Uh, yeah. Okay. Do like you a, do the kiss yeah. or do you the, the air kiss with cheeks touching? Yeah, kind of like that. Okay. What about your mom and brothers? Do they make out? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> no. No, nobody in our family kisses on but the But you list. still call them mommy and daddy? Uh, we ref- No, we call them mom and dad. If I were to talk to you uh-huh. about them, I would call them mom and dad. But if I'm talking to my brother, I would refer to them as mommy and daddy, yes. Here's, here's a, there are a lot of texts uh, coming in, but this one says, there's a moment when your parents held you in their arms and put you down only to never pick you up again. Oh, well, that's God. depressing. Why would you send us that? Well, it's true. true. I know. It's true. God, don't depress it's, me. I now. remember. It's my, my, it was, maybe I was seven years old. My dad was was over the bed and he goes, Dad, he doesn't love you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't stop loving you. Oh, well, listen, and, and my boys now are teenagers and because, uh, you know, you, you pick up your son, you hold him on your side to walk around, you put him on your shoulders and stuff like that. And like... <laughs> A year or two ago, <laughs> I couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. He's doing it now. My oldest says, "Yeah, I actually he's holding you back, up. bro." No, one of my sons. I mean, we wear the same size shoes. He 
he's taller out loud. than me. I totally miss it. You know, it's sad. Could you could you just cradle him a little bit? Maybe maybe when you maybe now without him, throwing out my back, pick <laughs> him up at school and and cradle him in your arms. <laughs> right, Set right. him up for a year of ass kicking. Let me go to some calls here. I'm going to go to Joe. Hey Joe, how you doing? Hey guys, it's about to get turned in this hizzy. Nicely done. Yeah. What's up, man? Hey guys, my, I'm uh, I have three children. Uh, my daughter and I still kiss. She's actually forty. My two boys are thirty eight and thirty four, and they still kiss me goodbye and hello every time they see me. Joe, on the lips and Joe. Does, so does your we daughter? Kissed, we have kissed on the lips. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you you look at this Billie Jack thing. It doesn't it, it it doesn't stand out as something bizarre to you, correct? We've done it for 30-some years. But the really cool thing, guys, what really touches me is I could be in a group with their friends, and they still do it. They're not uh-huh. embarrassed to do it in front of their friends. And that, that's more telling to me to, than it is than when we're alone, you know? Yeah. Yeah, there's like, there's just, for, you know, for me, just uh, Thanks, Joe. maybe 10 years where it's not cool. And then you come back around, you know? Yeah. So maybe from like 10, you know, like or 9 to like 19, and then, you know, you become a man, you're like... Listen, I, I love my dad. I want to show my dad that but I love you, him, and I don't care that, that, what any, what anybody says. You, you know? owe it like, to your adult children to yeah. give them a little foreplay, right? You know, ah. but I, you know, I didn't. Um, as an, do you have a kiss for daddy? <laughs> I, I didn't kiss my dad on the lips as an adult, but um, you know, we would do cheek kisses, like a big hug and a cheek kiss yeah. every time yeah, we saw see, each so- other, and. You're but fine. why are you giving but, me a hard time? No, for not doing because it? that's that for that's man man. Like, but my man mom, on man is fine. But my so mom, did your bro, did your sister kiss your dad yeah, on the lips? Yeah, yeah. and okay. I kissed my mom on the lips. Okay. Still, you know. What about aunts and uncles? Um, hmm, no, 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 no. cheek. Mm-hmm. What about um, uh, waiters and waitresses? <laughs> Balls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Balls. Do there, you have a kiss for daddy? There are awkward friends who sometimes expect a kiss when you haven't seen them in a long time, like a kiss on the lips, mm. and that throws like me off. Yeah, well, it's Kathy's dad who's the first one that comes to mind. No, I have some friends that, like, have a, an ex-girlfriend or somebody that I'm still friends with that I haven't seen in a long time, and they come up and they greet you with a kiss on the lips. You guys, you never had that happen? You, uh, sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I've had it. And I don't, I don't automatically go for the lips when I first see somebody. I'll go for the cheek. But they'll come in for the lips, and you're like, oh, all right, we're doing that. I think in this uh, age of Ebola and all that stuff, I think yeah, <laughs> maybe you want to. But, but there, some people are just genuinely... Affectionate right. that hey. way, and and you don't want to make him feel like an idiot. Doctor Mike kissed us the other day. There you go. He did. There's <laughs> yes, one. He did. I, I wouldn't. I will tell you something. <laughs> Doctor Mike, and it's and it's it's the thing. On the cheek. I, I'm trying to. I, yeah. I, I'm trying to emulate him a bit in in the Absolutely. way that, that Me he too. Did, because he embraces life and and it's genuine. And he spreads he, the love. And I know he's not trying to get some off me. Nope. No. You know. <laughs> well, but he does get some off. He you. does. <laughs> Maybe that's part of his that's game. That's the whole uh, angle. He's done man. stuff to me. My wife hasn't even done. He's not forcing it. You know, you're just readily giving. I it to drop him. trow and let's go. <laughs> yeah. Let's play hide the worm. Hey, we've we've all dropped trow. <laughs> yes, well, um, Doctor Mike. I'm now aboard. Nick is now bored. I'm on the right mic train. Let me go to Kathy. Hey, Kathy, good morning. Good morning, guys. Ball sacks are yummy. Oh, Ball sacks. Don't I know it. Yeah. What's up, Kathy? So I'm 27 years old, and I'm, I think I'm a fairly normal girl. You know, no daddy issues or anything. And I still kiss both my dad and my grandfather on the lips. They always are the ones that go in for it. And there's been times when I think it's weird, you know, boyfriends are around or whatever, but I mean, for the most part, I just think, all right, you know, this is how they want to express their affection towards me. That's fine. Kathy, what do you do with uh, your uh, your mom? Uh, on the cheek. Not on, on the, the cheek. Lips. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so, so dad and, and granddad get the uh, get the lips, and mom gets the cheek. That's correct. 
Okay. I think it's I think it's incredibly sweet that you still do that, Kathy. Yeah, I don't have a problem with it. Good. So. And would you consider yourself attractive? Apparently. Uh, <laughs> Could this lead anywhere? Shut up. On good days. <laughs> okay, thank you, Kathy. Listen, uh, there's uh, not a lot of people at the retirement home today. Why don't you come on over? Oh, so that's the way it is. There, <laughs> uh, and it's funny because you that a kiss for daddy. <laughs> the principal is the one who was in real oh, life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, he was, uh, he was uh, uh, oh, uh, like right. uh, Jeffrey Jones. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Jones. Jones. Yeah. That's it. Had questionable what could artwork, artwork. that could have been considered uh, kitty porn. porn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, let me go to Joe. Hi, Joe. You're on the air. Good morning. What's up, guys? You guys rock. Thanks, Hi. Buddy. Appreciate it. What's going on, man? Well, you know what? Growing up, my father, um, you know, we come from a, a strong line of uh, Italians, and my my father never showed affection, never, you know, got a kiss from him. You know, when I was younger, I remember, like, going to give him a kiss, and he'd, like, you know, turn his cheek, and he'd give him a kiss, and it was like, all right, that's enough. You know, I'll see you later. Uh, so you, you would actually get, the, the br- <laughs> like, a real physical brush off. Yeah, almost. You know, all right, all right, go to school now. You know what I mean? It was very, very stern kind of you know, um, demeanor. Well, you know, it wasn't until about four years ago that I, I wound up in the hospital, uh, you know, uh, in a coma on life support from the flu. And that, that he completely turned around, started to tell me like, I love you. He would give me a kiss, you know, and, and realized like, you know, I mean, that, that I guess he almost lost me that, that yeah. he completely came around. Now, don't get me wrong. There was never any kind of, um, you know, thought that he didn't love me because my father showed me, you know, his love in different ways. You know sure. what I mean? Bought me everything, yeah. talked about, you know, he was a great dad. Yes. But, you know, just the way he showed his emotion. Was he made those Super 8 films of you? Oh, which was Exactly. No, no, exactly. I, I agree. <laughs> so, I, I know exactly what but, you're talking about. Yeah, but Joe, you knew you were loved. There's still a part of you that, that kind of wishes you guys had that uh, a between little bit, each other. A yeah, little sure, bit, sure. Because now with my kids, I am the complete opposite, like, I'm constantly showing my kids affection. I, you know, I, I'm trying to teach my son, don't ever feel embarrassed. You know, your parents always give your mother a kiss before you leave. Yeah. Tell her you love her. Tell me you love her. You know, and, and that's the relationship that I, I have with my kids. And they are so overly affectionate with, with me and my wife. You know, it's, it's a real good feeling, I got to say. I, I Preston, in your, in your um, relationship, are you the first, if you come home to, ini- or to initiate a kiss with your wife, are, are you are – you, you know, in other words, because I maybe I didn't have that experience growing up, so I think I'm the first to come in and, and show affection to mm-hmm. Claire when I, you know, and she's wonderful and reciprocate and all that stuff. But I think I'm I'm the first to go tactile and kiss or, or hug or grab. No, no, from I'm my... not really sure. I mean, it's it's pretty mutual, but I, but I try to make sure that I that I definitely show those signs of affection. It goes a long way. It really, does. sometimes there's another guy in the way. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. And well, I have to wait yeah, yeah. turn. I definitely do because my wife doesn't really stop what she's doing. You know, it's not like oh, you know, when I came home and the kids, you know, they don't even do it anymore. Let me wipe first. They used to, uh, you know, come and greet me at the door. Uh. Now the dog greets me at the door. But if my <laughs> wife is is Sitting down, she doesn't get up. If she's, you know, doing something in the kitchen, she doesn't, you know. So I have to go to her anyway. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I always initiate. Hang on, I'm going to go to this call, and then I have a kind of a heavy um, text message I want to read. But let me go to Tammy here. Hi, Tammy. Good morning. Hey, bitches. Hey, what? What's up, Tammy? Hi. So my mother-in-law, God love her. She's a great woman. She's got some health issues, and one of them is gingivitis. <laughs> So when she comes in, she comes in for the full-on mouth kiss, oh, and I'm like, dear God, oh. I mean, God love her, but it smells like death. And I have to turn my head. You know, I did a head turn 
So she has to get my cheek every time, and it's Ooh. kind of so awkward. Hey, do what Kathy would do. Just puke right in her mouth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that'll stop. No, Fill her mouth so up sweet. with chunky soup. <laughs> she's so sweet, but it's like every time she's, we're expecting her this weekend, and I'm going to say, oh, I'm going to have to do the awkward head turn again. Tammy, just, so I think, uh, uh, be very on. sweet about it and say, oh, were you licking someone's ass? <laughs> Mm-hmm. No. You know what? But there, well, good luck with that. But but there are some people that I do have to make a mental note of friends that I that I only see on occasion. And when you're doing the greeting, does this person like the kiss or not? Right. You have to remember. Uh, and I have to remember. Oh yeah, she doesn't. So I'll go in for the the pretend cheek kiss, right. or just a hug, that or or me. this one really likes that? to make lip contact, mm-hmm. and I got to remember that because otherwise I look like the jerk that's brushing it off. You know. Well, yes. not lip contact, but uh, kiss or hug or handshake happens to me a lot with with uh, guests, especially male guests that come into our show that have been here a number yeah. of times. It's like, yes. are we at the point? And I think was it um was it Dom Irera? Maybe he was like, we're not at that point yet. He was like, don't give me a hug. <laughs> Was, I forget who it was. There was a comedian in before him, and I had hugged that comedian, and then he yeah. said to me, he's like, we're not there yet. I'll <laughs> see when they come over to you because, I, you know, the guy's just going to do the handshake, you know? Yeah. And, and, I, and I, I think I do a little I, – I want people to know that handshake means something. Uh, but um, you have to, you because you're a woman have you have to play that game. And usually yeah. I'll do it. It's usually when they when they get here, and if it's like a little awkward, we didn't do the hug, we did the handshake or hi or kiss or whatever. Then afterwards, I I know what's expected, and I'll just go over and you know give a hug or a kiss. Hey, Bradley Cooper does the bro hug. I was yeah. just gonna bring that up. Yeah. When he's and coming here, awesome. every time it's, <laughs> yeah. it's the you it's, love getting hugged by it's Bradley the, Cooper. The, the not the straight handshake, but the what do you call this? The almost high five. The, it's the bro. Fr- you the bro the shake, and right. then, then, then he pulls pull you in yeah. for the hug. Right, and then you make out with him for a little while. God, I would have that yeah. man in many ways. <laughs> I got a couple were, of bro hugs interest to me. Uh, from uh, Giroux the other day. Giroux's a bro hugger. He's a bro hugger. Yeah, yeah. totally, it man. Means, it, it's, it's a, listen, it's, it's, cool. it's a nice gesture. It, right. it, it's, 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 there's nothing wrong with that. The thing that is weird now is that you'll have, I don't know, if, if a woman is coming in for a hug, I, I try to do the neutral side hug with the one arm and then a lot and then if they go for the two arm thing it looks like i'm standoffish so i don't know you know should i just go for a full hug every time or or yeah you know it's it's that game you play because you don't want to make someone feel awkward well i always had to have a problem with greeting somebody that i work with outside of a work environment but yeah but you make it fun awkward for you you know because we do the thing and i'm like okay should we uh, (laughs) like he pretends to hug maybe are we gonna hug are we gonna kiss what are we gonna do but if it's somebody else like like tagey or paula or anybody from our sales office and i see them outside i'm like oh well i don't I don't hug you hello ever, Casey, and I see you every single day. When we got the award at that luncheon in the fall, yeah. we were up on the on the stage, and Marissa gave you a hug, and you go, okay, I guess we're hugging. <laughs> yeah. and we'd been working together all day, and yeah. we like, had just gotten to lunch, but it was like a nice celebratory moment, right. and she was feeling the moment and right. gave you a hug, and you're like, well, all right. Here's a perfect example. Our, our neighbor's next door, and our, their front door is about... 20 feet from our front door. Yeah, yeah. So, hey, how are you? We never do that. But when they come over with other friends. Uh, all right. I, I go to, to Le- Leslie, who's the, 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 the my neighbor. I, I do, do we hug, I guess? Because yes. I don't want to be like, no, you're not huggable. The other women are, though, but you're right, not. Right. I, I don't know if that's an insult or what the story is, but yeah, it's... it's... It says, I'll be there Friday morning, and I expect hugs and kisses from all of you. <laughs> all right. By the way, here's another one. Okay, this is a little bit weird, but it says, so I have a problem with this. 
Uh, my in-laws kiss my kids on the lips, and it pisses me off. We have asked them to stop, even took them to a therapist to get them to understand I don't want them to do that. Oh, and geez. here's the deal. I thought that was a bit much. But they go on to say, because I was molested by my grandfather. Oh. And they still do it. So, wow. Yeah. I mean, don't I'm sure that over. the... I'm sure. Well, I'm sure that the in-laws are being very innocent about it. Right, but it bothers her. But if this is bothering this person, you need to. That's pretty heavy stuff. Well, the, you need to. You need to honor their wishes and not. It's the do parent. It. Yeah. You got to honor the parents' wishes. Yeah. Wow. I'd never always heard honor the like parents' that. wishes. Yeah, I agree. And then I also wanted to bring up this point um, when because I don't smoke anymore. By the but, way, right. it's it's been about a month. You can say that now. I nice. can say that. Yeah. Now, yeah. For you. But um, when greeting people, like especially females, when you have to go in for a hug or a kiss. When I was smoking, I always hated that because I, oh, knew, sure. I knew how I smelled. And I'm like, oh, man. And yeah. now you don't have that concern. I don't have that concern. Good anymore. for you. It's pretty yeah. awesome. If they're wearing jeans, is it okay to reach around and slide your hands down between the jeans and the skin? Yep. I think so. Okay. Yeah. As right. long as you don't go into the underwear. Yeah. Okay, yeah. You're okay. Kathy yeah. loves it. Uh, yeah. Place what? your middle finger in between the butt cheeks. By the way, I love, I've seen Casey do this to Kathy before. They'll go in for a hug, just a pretend hug, and Casey will start to undo her bra straight. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do What are you talking about? Let your bra Pretty hilarious. sure my wife's not listening. <laughs> well, I don't actually let oh, well, you do she, it. That's no. when she freaks yeah. out and smacks you. So yeah, anyway, exactly. all right. Well, anyway, I, I think it's I think it's sweet that Belichick's daughter kissed him after they won the Super Bowl. I don't, and then they, they I don't a, think it's creepy at they all. They got a hotel room. <laughs> yeah, they did not. It's all right, carry this on. We're gonna take a break. We'll be back in just a moment. What's new? Glad you asked. Dirty honey. You know the time it's come. Shine down. Ghosts. New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. Uh, Casey just saw this. Here's breaking news. Yeah. This is in Bluebell. Yeah. Off Forest Road. A, a a bus crashed into a school bus crashed into a house. I mean, like into the living room. Holy crap! Look at that. Here's a picture of oh it from goodness. Fox. What was it was it on uh, with students on board or Bring was me, it? Scroll up here, Nick. Um, uh, the accident happened around 7:45 a.m. So far, there are no injuries reported. Witnesses say there were some children on the bus. Whoa! That's a happened. nice house. Damn. It looks like it went right into the living room. Like half half of the bus is inside the house. Yeah. I get a little bit nervous, and it's no offense to bus drivers out there, but some of these guys are, they're retired, right? So yeah. they're a little bit older. My, um, uh, it was my, my kid's school. They were on a, uh, a field trip, and the, the bus driver fell asleep. Whoa. Just what? fell asleep. Yeah. That, was, that, that, that happened this year. There was a, there was an accident a, a little while ago with someone with a, a bus driver falling asleep at the wheel. Luckily, there wasn't an accident because uh, there was a parent sitting in the front seat, noticed that he had fallen asleep, that the bus was then swerving into whatever it was. Yeah, I don't yeah. think it was oncoming traffic. And, and so the parent jumped across and, and righted the ship, and then the guy woke up. But oh, this I, yeah. I, I don't want to speculate as no, to no, what no. happened here, but I mean... This bus went clear across a uh, a lawn, lawn and into and a house, so something had to have happened with the bus. Uh, well, it looks as if I mean, yeah, it looks as if, and I don't think this is the case that the bus driver intention intentionally drove into this house. There's no you would have to cut the wheel all the way to the left. Listen, you never know; an accelerator could have gotten stuck yeah. or something like that, and then at that point, you kind of 
You got to do something pretty quick. Is this a case of homeschooling, do you think? (laughs) Steve, (laughs) extreme homeschooling. This just happened. No no injuries reported. All right. 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 So I just have to speculate as a journalist. Wow. Journalist? Uh, hang on a second. <laughs> is that what we are? Go hang, with it. Hang on. <laughs> the next uh, 10 minutes. Brian's kids go to the, the the school where this is from. Hey, Brian, how you doing? Good. How are you? Good. So what school is this? Uh, it's St. Helena's in uh, Bluebell. Okay. And um, what's the word that you've heard? Uh, I just got an email that goes out to all the parents. It just said no kids you know, no kids were really hurt on the bus. All the kids are fine. Okay. Oh, that's cool. Um, it just it didn't give you much more details, except that it was a bus accident uh, mm-hmm. from Whitley Hickson School District bus. Brian, did they know if anybody was in the house at the time? Uh, they didn't say. Seven forty-five in the morning is a good chance somebody might have been there. You would figure, yeah. yeah. What, what's Hopefully, yeah. they were out for school the, already. I wonder mm-hmm. what the cutoff age is. Bringing up your point, Casey, for how, Thanks, how old? Because there are. I remember even when I was going to school, there were a lot of retirees who, retirees, who were the, yeah. the, the bus drivers. What is the cutoff age? I would imagine Probably as long as you're an able driver. You still have a license yeah. to drive a bus. Yeah, and pass a test of some sort. Man, our bus driver growing up was the meanest lady on the planet. She she hated kids. She just would oh. yell at us incessantly. Well, then this, she went into the right, right I line know, of work. That's like, that's I want to hate kids, and I want to be surrounded by him. This was middle school, too, Steve. So it was for me, middle school was a seven, eight, nine grades. And uh, so, you, obviously, you were required to take the bus every day. And when you right. get to high school, you sort of have uh, some options. But um, And it was to and from, and she just was a mean, mean that's bitch. Funny. We had Wayne was our bus driver in high school. Was he, he cool? He was awesome. Did he smoke pot? No. Okay. No, did I or did he? No, did he? I don't. I don't know. Like Otto, you yeah. know? No, yeah. like that guy. Yeah. No, no. He was a little bit older. He, you know, who yelled at all the time were other drivers. He would like, oh. you know, he'd be, you know, hanging out the window like, yeah, because you're supposed to stop. And this was oh, sure. before the the stop sign would come out on the the arm. Right. Um, it was just when the lights were blinking, you were supposed to stop, and cars wouldn't stop, and he'd you know hang out the window and yell at him. And God stop. damn you, you bastards! <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, bus drivers, man. I remember having some angry bus drivers. There's no way. I always had good ones. No way I could ever do that job. Oh, the- strangle kids. <laughs> you'd, you'd be, you'd be, yeah, absolutely, you'd be going nuts. Oh, man. I had a, a bus driver who would actually periodically, like, he'd probably be sued out the yin yang these days. But he, he used to bring like treats and like would buy like uh, ice cream pops and stuff to hand oh, out. I mean, just really, nice. like, really nice. And, bu- and all we had to do was have sex. Stop with them. it! Stop! <laughs> I need to say that. It's not funny, dude. Uh-huh. It's not funny. <laughs> but those pops were so good. We had a guy that we would always talk into. Uh, uh, there was one. Small little hill, and if you went over oh. the, the right way, yes, uh, like then it would, it would cause the back end to bounce yes. up. And we, you know, whatever his name was, I don't remember. <laughs> Joe, dude, go over the bump, man, go over yeah. the bump. And uh-huh. and if the bus was mostly empty, which it usually was at the time, everybody would move to the back, and it would shoot you up off your seat. Yeah, if, well, that's would what, go off that out. was one of the reasons why we sat in the back of the bus. So you could bounce around. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Vibrations on my tingly no, parts. No, God. <laughs> You just turned everything know. dirty. Oh, I think God. I'm becoming a woman. Um, <laughs> Sometimes I don't like you. When we would make turns going into our school, this is in grade school, we all tried to get onto one side of the bus to make it tip over. Oh, that's <laughs> a good idea. We're smart. That's awesome. Yeah. We actually had to. I remember when it was uh, over that same hill, that little, that short little hill that you would pop up at the top. When it snowed one time, he couldn't he couldn't get the bus up that hill because the back tires were oh, getting yeah, yeah, traction. Yeah. Of course, yeah. So we're we're sitting on it and the tires are spinning. All of a sudden, he's like, "Everybody in the back of the bus!" So everybody moved to the back and it weighted it down, and we were able to. Uh, well, that's very, it, very it actually cool. it worked. It got the it got the bus. Figure a bus would have enough gears to get up a hill like that. No, it was just it was 
Yeah, it was slipping uh, because of the snow. Uh, let me go to Joe. Hi, Joe. You're on the air. Good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, what's uh, up? Not much. I'm a bus driver. I'm not going to say it for who, but uh, there is no age cutoff. You have to get a physical every year. If you pass your physical, you're breathing, you got a good pulse, your blood pressure's right, all that. Uh, you can drive a bus. I know drivers that are as old as at least 89 driving still. Okay. So, Joe, do you, do you think it's an issue, or is it? Uh, a... I, I personally think when you see some of these drivers walking across the parking lot, they look like the walking dead. You almost <laughs> think, like, how should they be driving? So. Yeah, no, I, I get that. But, you know, like, my dad's 86. He could he could clearly, he could drive a bus no problem. You yeah. know I mean? He's, he's in complete control of his faculties in good shape. So I, I guess it is on a case-per-case basis. It, well, it is more or less, but I, I think a lot of these people, a lot of these companies, you know, the private companies and industries, is when a, a warm pole, you know, somebody with a pole and a warm body behind the seat drives. <laughs> right. right, right, right. They should be a little sharper than just a blob of uh, uh, warm flesh. Absolutely. There's a lot of accidents, a lot of people who shouldn't be behind the wheel of a bus driving yeah. kids. I mean, it's the most precious cargo there is, really. Uh, no, absolutely. Joe, how, what kind of money do you make as a bus driver? Uh, I do pretty well. So I used to be a truck driver. I do it now because the money's pretty good. The retirement's pretty good. The benefits are good. Uh, that's not the only reason I really do it. I prefer to drive a truck, but um, yeah, you know, it's good. Money. Right, hey, are there times when it's fun, Joe, when the kids are having a good I, time? I love, yeah, I love my kids, man. I get along. My kids great, man. My kids like me. I got great rapport with them. Yeah, that's uh, cool. It, it makes oh, a God. difference. Yeah, I, I, I always had good bus drivers, and it was it was always a pleasant thing. And also, they were. In, in a way, they work as little mini bouncers too. They mm-hmm. they keep the peace on the bus, you know. Which well, is that depends on where you are. I used to drive from Philadelphia, and uh, there's no peace on those buses. <laughs> I could have, I can Thanks, imagine. Um, no, I remember when uh, when my kids started going to, to grade school, and, and the bus driver they had a really nice bus driver. She would say goodbye to him every day. All right, guys, bye bye. Take uh, care. See you later. I was like, wow, it's nice. yeah. cool. You're doing that every day God to a whole kids. bunch of kids. Okay. <laughs> I hate God these little bastards. Our bus driver, the Elliot kids. Our bus driver, our bus driver was Butch. Yeah. That was his name. Oh, I just Butch. thought you meant like a, a manly he just, woman. He didn't, he didn't smile. He didn't say hi. He wasn't mean. I made him extra sloppy, Would he, he acknowledge you? No, I mean, he wasn't mean or anything. No, he would just sit there, and you'd get on the bus, and then he'd drop you back off. Oh, okay. But at a certain point, weren't you Butch. in your teacher's car? At that, <sighs> I'll hey. pick you up at eight, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Baby. It's kind of funny. funny. Wear a schoolgirl outfit. Oh, you are a schoolgirl. I'm in my outfit. I know. Daddy likey. Ew, that's disgusting. You're a disgusting man. Uh, Let me go to Karen. Hey, Karen, how you doing? Hi, I just wanted to let you know I love you guys. Oh, thank you. I just want to let you know, I went to school in Roxborough. I went to Saul Agricultural High School, so oh, it was nice. a farm school. Yeah. yeah. But I lived in northeast Philly, and we had to get a chartered SEPTA bus at Bridge and Pratt Terminal. We would all get on this bus, and we had the same bus driver every day. He could only pick up students and went to the farm school. We played Led Zeppelin on a radio, the old boombox, up at the front of the bus by the microphone, and yeah. he would let us play it throughout the bus. He let us celebrate Freshman Day on the bus, where we hung from our agricultural boots by our strings. <laughs> By the rails where you would hold, we never had to sit down on the bus. We had grain alcohol oh with cherries dipped in it on near Christmas, which he shared in. 
as we drove on this bus every day for four years to Saul Agricultural High School. And didn't he, didn't he sell some of uh, for some of you guys to Japanese businessmen? <laughs> God. Oh, it was just his name was Buck, and I'm telling you, if you made it to the back of the bus, you made it. It was awesome. It so was this, was a, this was a SEPTA bus? This was a SEPTA bus that yeah. was chartered by yeah. our school. In our, in our, uh, in our neighborhood, the, uh, for the high school, the high school students all take the regular SEPTA buses. They don't take Karen, school buses. how old are you? I am 48 now. Okay. All right. I was going to say the grand alcohol thing. I had to go, I'm, I'm like, let's back it up a couple steps here. Right. Because 1985. Okay. It was a different time. It was more accepted. Yes. I was sort of expected that your bus driver would provide you with grain alcohol. All right. Yeah, we, we provided him with it, actually. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. right. And then I'll reciprocate with some heroin. All right. Exactly. But it was a great time. And I just want to tell you guys, I love your show. Thank you. Every day. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Karen. We appreciate I'll it. Call, call, calling from yeah. rehab right now. Yeah, yeah. I had, my my buddy Ben got chased down the street by uh, our bus driver one time. It was on the last day of school, and he t- he steps off the bus and he lights a pack of firecrackers no. and threw it in. Oh. Tried to throw it into the bus. They didn't God. make it into the bus, but dude ran after him and grabbed his ass and by the shirt collar dragged yeah. him dragged him back to the bus. I don't remember him putting him back on the bus or him getting in any real trouble, but I think he threatened him pretty good. Well, as as we've heard a, f- a few of the people uh, say, if if you're if you've got a bad route and you have you know kids that are trouble, it could be nightmarish. Press, mm-hmm. I I could see you just because oh, yeah. they're they're they so you you're with them for a half hour maybe forty five minutes. I don't know how long the average bus trip takes in the morning. So I'm sure I know the kids on the buses that I, I would be on occasionally felt a little more emboldened by the fact that there was just a short amount of time of exposure yeah. and they could get away with murder. Yeah. Oh, so man. I learned so many things on the bus. <laughs> oh, I, I, oh, I, there's a lot, a lot of the sex, a lot of the sex chat that yeah. was informative took right. place, not on the school playground on the bus. I clearly remembering what the word screw meant. Yeah. Uh-huh. Or uh, suck on the bus. I, the I remember learning bus. And don't say yeah. who's the yeah. yeah. bus driver. No. Now, now, Nick, a little tighter. <laughs> oh no, but you know who? God. Stop it. You know who got it? Was a uh, underwater city guy. Underwater uh, city? Oh, yeah. my God. And he got it from this really hot Asian girl. And, well, can and you like, believe him, though, from a guy who lives well, in an underwater city where yeah, hot dogs are forbidden? Because we were all gathered around uh, the, I'm watching? the back seat. Yeah, it was pretty evident as I to what was happening. <laughs> to not touch another man's girlfriend. On the bus, that was a, an interesting lesson. Was that this I a school bus? It was on a school bus. What, what, what do grade? tell? Oh, freshman year. I, you know what? We we were fine. We were just experimenting. You know. Yeah. But it was his girlfriend. I, I didn't know. I didn't uh, know that she belonged to somebody else until he touching my woman. He was a public school guy who showed up at my house. Oh. Yeah. Uh, about an hour after I got home. Oh, and I was really? like, okay, so he wasn't on the bus. No. Went by no. the name of Fonzie. And she didn't tell on me either. Her friend did. <gasps> Her friend was like, oh, you know, Casey was doing. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, and so I get it's so. You think funny. you're so cool because you're on the dive team? Did she- <laughs> I was in the jumpers club. Too. Yeah. Did yeah. you did you touch her inappropriately? We, like grab her hiney or something like that. Something along was, those was lines. Was it at was it at hiney. her yeah at her request? <laughs> hiney on the bus. Ew. Yeah. So anyhow, um, it wasn't unwanted. Like it wasn't unwanted. You it weren't wasn't, you weren't molesting. I wasn't her. molesting. Right. Her. Right. No. It was no, you, you we guys. Were, you were exploring. It was young. Learning about each other. Yeah. Air know? supply was on the radio. But I, t- I was terrified because guy shows up to my door with his brother. And I remember you telling this story. And he pulled. And he was a badass, right? He was a badass. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I was with like, my brother. Oh my god! And his brother was like his mother, because this guy was older than me, right? So he probably shouldn't have been beating me up. So he got his brother there 
to like intimidate me and gave me like one of those like you know slap me on the side of the face like hey buddy and I was like oh my gosh oh my god I'm gonna get beaten up but it wasn't it was it was a mob hit Steve they took me out of my house brought me around the corner a mob hit <laughs> yeah it, it wasn't you your out. fault though right I mean you you had did you know this girl had a boyfriend oh. you knew. did you kind of deserve it. <laughs> Oh man, you know it was. I mean, this is 1989. Yeah, it was a long time ago. It was the year that Taylor are. Swift was born. Yeah, um, good. Let it out. I I want to say that maybe I knew that uh, she was dating Fonzie. <laughs> she was. Dating. Was she an O'Hara girl? She was an O'Hara girl, and yeah. her boyfriend was a, a public school guy. Yeah, that, I think that's on her. Yeah, right. Well, it's, but it's never going to be the case. But it's, when I found he's, out he's, that they're going to target the guy who is macking on the girlfriend, uh-huh. and and so you got it. You're just lucky you got away with a little face tap. Oh my god, because I could have gotten my ass. I mean, I could have gotten killed. <laughs> right, I'm sorry. There's we're a, reading, you can't there's even a text that I can't even read about uh, finger and whatnot. All right, hang on. Let me go to um, I have Justin. Hey, Justin, how you doing? Here. Oh, Gary Lauer. He's oh, doing a Gary Lauer. Very good. Not what's, too bad. What's up, Justin? Hey, guys. Um, so back in the mid-90s when I was in grade school, uh, we had a substitute bus driver who took over a route for us. And one day we were on our way back, and kids would just give this guy a, a really, really bad hard time. And he pulled the bus over on the side of the road. And was like, I'm not moving this until you guys all behave. Well, everybody thought it was funny, so we kept going and going. We sat on the side of the road for four hours, and a police officer finally came. Here this guy had lost his job and was trying to find work at doing things and just had a nervous breakdown. Wow. So, uh, obviously, I assume there were frightened parents involved. Oh, yeah. No, my mom wanted to kill him. There was, like, a big thing at the school board and everything. It was a pretty intense situation in, in my town. There Kathy, was... Are you texting with the Three Stooges? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> so one of our so listeners... Oh, okay. we're, we're supposed to give your phones to okay, the yeah. basket when you All right, anyhow, back to the subject at hand. I had uh, I saw a story not that long ago where a woman, uh, bus driver, with kids on the bus, quit in the middle of her route. Just walked Just, off the bus. She didn't walk off the bus. Okay. She stopped... She called the the bus company, whoever she worked for, and said, "Send a replacement driver. I'm done. Yeah, I'm, I'm out of here. Wow. I'm finished." So she she followed the proper protocol, but she quit in the middle of her route. Well, think of the guff that a substitute teacher takes. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, and then you know, like a substitute bus driver. Oh, yeah, it's just it. merciless. Right. Uh, hang on a second. Let me go to Brian. Hey, Brian, how you doing? Hey. Hey, what's up, Sorry Brian? By the guys at work. It's okay. What do you want to tell us? Well, my mother-in-law is a is a bus driver, and um, their company recently switched. That the school switched companies for the drivers, and they they hired all the existing drivers, but they now require for the for the annual physical, they require them to drag an eighty-pound bag from the front of the bus to the back of the bus oh. to prove that they're physically sitting off. If okay. they if they need to get a kid from the back and okay. and. Uh... Yeah, I, I assume that's what they're going oh, after. Okay, so I, I yeah, thought exactly. they, in case they needed to get bags of grain off the bus. Right? Oh, <laughs> might be. Maybe yeah, I'm yeah. completely missing the mark this on is, this. Yeah. We would always ride to school with bags of wheat. Thank right. you, Brian. Yeah, it's. Uh, I could see that. Uh, let it me does go, make sense. Let me go next to Mark. Hi, Mark. You're on the air. Good morning. Hey, how you guys doing? Good. What's up, buddy? Okay, good story. Uh, rode a SEPTA school bus, the SEPTA bus for the school, filled yep. with Catholic school kids, went to Catholic high school. We suburbs, and we, me and my friend, smoked pot with the septic driver while we were driving. <laughs> on the way to school. 
On the way after school. On the after way school. Okay. Well, then, I mean, yeah, you yeah were, you're, you're on your way home. He was probably <laughs> getting ready to be done work, too. Man, what am I smoking? Oh, yeah. But so this, is, this is the mid-'80s, and he would uh, he would keep the hemostats on his sun visor. <laughs> what? I'm sorry. What are hemostats? Uh, like, Roach uh, clip. Roach clip from the yeah. doctor's office. Yeah, yeah. To hold the joint. Oh, my wow. God. And, and no one picked up on that? No, they seen it. Everybody knew what was going on, but nobody said anything. It was uh, mid eighties. Yeah, so, things so listen, were much more lax. If you're a bus, if you're a school bus driver, do you drive? Thanks, Mark. You drive both shifts, the morning and the and the pickup. I assume, correct? Yeah, yeah I so believe what so. What do you do in the interim? It's like working a split shift. You know, yeah, uh, I'm not sure. Maybe there are some that do. Uh, well, here here's part of what goes on, Steve. There's uh, obviously there's going to be a break in the middle, but I think we have the same bus driver as. Um, elementary school and middle school. So those are different times. Uh, the, the school doesn't start at the same time. But there's got to be end at the same like time. a middle of the day, four yeah. hour chunk where there's nothing Maybe. going on. Probably right? only for, for some of them because you figure some schools still have uh, half day kindergarten. So they, yep. they then have to go back to those elementary schools probably after they're done dropping, you know, dropping the kids off. And I But think, there's got to be a couple hours of break. Yeah, there's got to be somewhere. I think that would be, uh, that'd be, it'd be boring, you know? Yeah, possibly. I mean, yeah, and split shift is tough too horrible. in and of itself. I had to, to take the sports bus home when I was in middle school and there were only three buses that ran. Uh, from school, so they would go all over the school district, and I was literally the last to be dropped off wow. at the sports bus. So was, Why? Could you play field hockey? Yeah, yeah. I was, and I, was, <laughs> yeah. I, was, well, I didn't play. So the much other as girls coach. have left, Nick. Yeah, um, they needed a mascot. You're a manly looking, looking young lady. <laughs> no, I played soccer, oh. and uh, so it was an hour and fifteen minutes every oh, night getting worse. home. And I it's had just, like it's I so hated exhausting. The sports bus, it the was sports so bus late. sucked so bad. The uh, I didn't have the sports bus, but they what uh, we did have is we our school district was so large uh, that I had the same situations about an hour, hour and 15 <sighs> minutes before I'd get on the bus by the time I was dropped off at home because I was at the outer, outer edge Would, of the district. And you run out of people to talk to because they're getting that, off yeah. as you go and like you, you take a nap and that passes a half hour. Do you ever miss your stop oh, uh, sure. on the way home? Yeah, yeah. And then... You're stuck? Actually, no, I was fortunate because it would loop around and then come back past our house. So oh, it okay. happened a few times and I was able to, yeah, they looped around. No, I, rem- I remember one time I, I stayed on too long or or maybe I got on the wrong bus. I, I think I had gotten on the wrong bus one time. And I'm telling the guy, I'm like, oh, I, I, I don't live here. I don't, <laughs> what you know, do I do? what and then event and, and they're going, ma'am, well, I got to do this other thing. You know, I don't know if I have, to, we're going to take it back to the school no, but eventually I talked the guy into going and dropping me off in the front of my neighborhood. But that was pretty scary. Was this in your uh, running away days? No, 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 no. That was a little bit later on. I did one time, and this was kindergarten, uh, and we did not live within walking distance of the school. But I decided I would walk home from school one day. Unbeknownst. <laughs> and I just left with yeah. the walkers. And I wanted to go because the walkers got out early. Yes, yeah, they yeah. were the first They dismissed. called the walkers first. And so I'm like, I'm, I'm walking home today. I'm going home. I'm walking. These guys got a great deal. They get out early. <laughs> well, it took me like an hour to walk home. I can't believe you found My parents are Living. freaking out because, you know, the bus comes and Preston's not on it. <laughs> uh, I eventually did make it to the house, but it was just another one of those. I was like that. Did you get your ass kicked? I was a wanderer, man. Yeah, yeah. I probably did. I don't remember that particular ass kicking, but I'm sure I did. Uh, I was a stupid kid, man. Well, anyhow, uh, well, it's good to that know. Wasn't the one where he ended up getting a ride home by the guy in the motorcycle. No, that was that was before I was in kindergarten. I think. <laughs> What's your name, little fella? Yeah, I hitchhiked a ride on a freaking motorcycle, yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. All right. Anyhow, 
Um, so the is it what is this case? This is the automated message uh, to the parents of the uh, of the school. Oh, St. Helena. Mm-hmm. Okay, because there was a bus crash, uh, crashed into a house in uh, Bluebell, and there are no injuries, from what I understand, reported. But this was the message that was sent out. St. Helena School is sending you an important message. We have just been notified by Whitpain Police that with Sahitan Bus 161 was involved in an accident. There were 12 students on the bus. All are fine. We will send out an update as soon as we get more information. To T-H-A-N-K-U-S-R. Cat. What? All right, we have to move on. Yeah, I don't like the robot update. voice. No. Update. Yeah. yeah, I don't like the robot voice. I think if you're talking about a, a bus crash, you should have a human being. Twelve uh, humans were injured. Right. <laughs> but apparently, no, nobody was injured. No, no one was injured. Apparently. Everyone's that's, good. That's the case. And it, it did, I mean, though it, it, it it's into the house a, a bit, it, it doesn't look like it was going 80 miles an hour. No, but it was like uh, a third of it is inside the house. I'm that's looking nuts. at the street. I don't know how they could have. I don't know they, how they, they ended up. Made that yeah, there's no yeah. tracks across the lawn, are there? No. I'm interested like a, in... It's uh, a hover bus. Maybe, maybe it backed through the other part of the house. <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested in finding it, it out what happened. It came in the other way. Okay. All right, uh, we got to take a break. We will be back in just a moment, all right? The Preston and Steve Show Podcast. Wait, turn up the sound. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Our next guests in the studio, set up and ready to perform, ladies and gentlemen. They have their ninth album out. Wow. Uh, it is called See What You Started by Continuing. Please. Collective Soul, Ed Roland and Jesse Triplett to our studio. And welcome back to Philly, man. Thanks for having us, bro. Yeah, anytime, absolutely. We're, we're glad to do it. And, you know, I, was, I played the song This, and like the second that we first had it on air on MMR. I'm like, there they go again. There goes there goes Ed writing another hooky tune again, grabbing me right off the bat. You know, I mean, how much I have to wonder because songwriters, um, you know, writing a song that's going to catch and it's going to resonate with their audience, one that you're going to sing along with, it's going to be stuck in your head. Um, it's is an art to it. It's a science to it. It doesn't just happen. So I'm wondering how many songs do you have? laying around that never see the light of the day because uh, you, you just have to, before you find that one that's like, that's the one that's going to do it, you know? Let me get my iPhone out real quick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> take a look. <laughs> I don't know. It's just what I do. I wake up and write. I'm not a guitar player. I'm horrible. I just like writing songs. That's just part of daily routine. And I'm not disciplined at all. I don't wake up, have a cup of coffee, kiss the wife off to work, and write songs. I can't do that. It just happens when it happens. Everybody seems to have their own formula, right? Or, Correct, yeah. Yeah. And, and Jesse lives in Nashville, and I went to Nashville a couple of times to try to write, and then they do do that. They get up, have coffee, breakfast, and if you don't have it done in two hours, they forget about it, which is, it's an art form in itself that way, but I am just not that dude. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, I forget who we were talking to, Preston, but but uh, talking about, you know, the, oh, it, it seems so simple. It, it is such a difficulty, that, that hook, you know, the great songwriters, you, the people who are dismissive of something, I, almost, if something's catchy, they get dismissive of it. It's like you know, but that's that to me is that's lightning in a bottle, you know. And do you, when you get it, do you know? Do you know right away? This is it. I got it. Sometimes the only song uh, like this, the guys love the riff, and I didn't really have know where I was going, so we record it, and then I kind of go work hard to get the melody. The only song I've ever had problem with the band was December. They told me that was the most boring piece of crap they'd ever heard. And wow. I was like, nah, I'm going to fight you on that one. Yeah, yeah. It was a huge hit. 
Yeah, it kind of worked out in my favor. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> are you are you reticent to to fight like that, or is that is that a common? You know, obviously in the band, of course. I am. <laughs> 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 no, but they everybody wants the best. They yeah. push me, you know, and and they've become uh, songwriters, also really good songwriters. But early on, it was my responsibility to to write, and it kind of came what Collective Soul is known for the way I write, and. um but they have no problem telling me I suck. Okay. Well, that's, but that's you know, it's all a, a collaborative means Co- to an correct. end. Correct. And, right. and once again, and Jesse knows this. I'm first when I get a song, first person I go to is my brother because I know he will be the one that goes, "Nope." Yeah, yeah. Or he'll go, "Man, that's cool. Let's let's go." You went to the the Berkeley School of Music, and I always have this impression of of uh, that as like. Like the as depicted in Fame, with everyone walking around with their instruments and <laughs> very artsy. I'm sure it's much different than that. What, what what is that place like? Because that has yielded some of the finest musicians in the world. Uh, it it has. Um, I went in the early '80s, so it was a bunch of long haired hippie dudes, <laughs> okay, just shredding. And yeah. I wasn't one of those guys, and I just wanted to be a songwriter. And I ran into a mailman one day. I, this is a true story. And just being a southern boy from a small town, I, anybody that said, hey, I'd go, hey, and started talking. He said, what are you doing? I said, I'm in Berkeley. He goes, what do you want to do? I said, I want to be a songwriter. And he goes, you think they can teach you that? I'm like, I don't know. He goes, no, go out and live. Go travel. Go do stuff. Figure it out. So I quit Berkeley. <laughs> you know, nah. went to the mailman. And it Not, worked. What, what was, cheers, uh, Cliff? Oh, my songwriting skills to Cliff Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> no, that makes sense, man, because a place like that, is filled with amazing technical players. I mean, Correct. people just I mean, it's virtuoso. It's, unbe- it's unbelievable. Prodigies, you know, right. and and Steely Dan. The guys how, went there. How is that going to motivate you? You know, you just what you want to be able to write great songs. In the meantime, somebody sitting over there, and you're going, oh, I suck. I'm terrible. I can't play. It, it did. It woke me up. But you know, being from a small town, I and I, I wanted to be a musician, uh, and there was nobody in the town that played instruments. So just going there and seeing that. Hmm. I'm a lead guitarist. I shall not be. <laughs> but songwriting, you know, the emotional side of it, I felt like I could absorb and try something there. I wanted to, to ask about the title of the album because I wanted to get where you're coming from on this. It's called See What You Started By Continuing. Now, is that See What You Started By Continuing or is it See What You Started By Continuing? <laughs> I don't know. We just actually, when we got back together to start making the record, we, we listened to live recordings of us in the mid-90s and we were like, oh my God. God, we were rocking. We were. You could feel the urgency. You could. You could feel the fun, and we kind of lost that a little bit. And so it was for us to go back in the studio and record live, as much as possible. You know, because uh, we recorded in my house, um, and, and go back to having fun. You know, we we started this band, as I always say, to to really not have a proper job. To get chicks and have fun. Yeah. Not necessarily in that order, but, you know. <laughs> well, I tell you what, with, with hearing this and playing it on the air, I, it, it brought me right back to Shine and to Gel. Cool. And, you know, I'm like, there they are, doing it again, yeah, man. I mean, cool. was Thank that kind of what you were going after? Yeah, and I love the lyrics. I, I, I love telling the story. My wife hates it. But, like I said, I didn't have the lyrics. And we had a call. We had a two-week run. And the car was to pick us up at 6 in the morning. And um, my wife was... I was trying to get myself organized for a two-week run, and and um, some body parts kept popping out under the sheets. And she'd go, "Hey, you want some of this?" I'm like, "Sweetie, I gotta go." Like <laughs> early morning, a few minutes later, "Hey, sweetie, you want some of this?" And be another body part. So I got in the car, and I was like, "That's kind of a fun title and a fun 
subject, you know. Yeah. Flirtation in the rolling bedroom. Right. So that's where the lyrics came in. I wrote it first time I've ever written in a car. And you said she doesn't she doesn't like it. She hates that She story. hates it. <laughs> I'm an honest man, sweetie. Come on. <laughs> Well, we got everything all tuned up and ready to go. We have the Budweiser Studio Cam on, and uh, you guys are ready to play. So, Let's do it. what we're going to hear? December. All yeah. right, December in October. Yeah, <laughs> collect the soul. Ninety-three-three WMMR. From my hands, you can tear just how you think I am. Just tell my son, tell your demeanor, you cut running through her again. Spit me out Don't worry about Don't speak it down Turn your head now, baby Just spit me out Jesse Triplett here from the band on 93.3 WMMR. Uh, Ed, I wanted to ask about, you know, uh, taking things out on the road. And, and obviously, these songs are your babies, and you know them better than anybody, and you've played them for years and years and years. Uh, are there times when, when you decide, we're going to rework this one? We're going we're gonna to do this a little bit different. Or 
I'm going to go back and listen to the recording that people know it, that have grown up listening to it, and see if we can recreate it that way. Or does it... A, a little bit of both, especially okay. with the first CD, because that was... Hints was just a batch of demos I made in the basement over a five-year period, so it truly wasn't a band. We consider the, the self-titled second release the band. It was. So... Uh, the first song we ever recorded together was Jail. So when we go back and we do Shine, even Shine, you know, we kind of recreate what we were hoping we'd get to record. What's up here? What are you doing? <laughs> Sneaking in here like that. Well, I, I, it's really tough to get up this early. <laughs> You're telling me. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Your bus is outside. I know. Country comfort creature. Creature well, comfort. Of yeah, course, yeah. of course. Um so, yeah, so especially on the first stuff, we kind of dug in there a little bit on this run. We're doing like uh, three, I think. And then I'm kind of enjoying playing piano now, so I'll jump on the piano. And it's just fun to yeah. entertain ourselves because we can't have fun with it. We can't expect anybody else to, if that makes sense. And then there's some songs you can't really deviate too far away because it'll, it'll get too and that's people start throwing things. We we talked about this time and time again. Where you know it's 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 two different dynamics. You know, the, you're the artist. You've created the music. You want to you know live in it and, and experience it. And, and we hear it a certain way. And it's like in the concert experience, nine times out of ten. And I I don't know as an artist if this pains you to hear it. You want to hear it the way you heard it on the album. You know, and that's and I, unless you know sometimes there could be a nice flight of fancy, but you're like, yeah, that's. Yeah, we don't, like I said, we don't drift too far yeah, away. Yeah. You, you know, Jesse's not going to start rapping the second verse. <laughs> right, right, yeah. That wacky. But I think instrumentation-wise, sometimes it's fun to challenge yourself on, like, doing the sure. piano and then Jesse doing slides. Just just to change it up. Change it up a little bit. Nothing. You're not going to lose the melody. You're not right. going to lose the core of the song. Hoping that your, your enjoyment channels through to Correct. the audience. Yeah, I Correct. got you. Yeah. I love what your band has done over the years as far as being. <clears throat> um, uh, accessible and uh, and also working with uh, with radio. I remember when Shine hit. It was before I was uh, uh, really got a career in radio, or I was just starting a career in radio, and, and just came out of foot modeling. Yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, it was in St. Louis, and you guys did a free show. Ah, and you had this huge hit, and you did this free show, and it was massive. It was um, fun. People got hurt. I can remember that. Really? Yeah, and it's kind of a fun story because <laughs> I went over to m- to make sure everybody was okay because you know we were. We're southern men, gentlemen, you know. Yeah. And there was this really pretty girl, and I, she was hurt, and I got her number, made sure she was okay for the next couple of months. <laughs> it's going to require a lot of injections. I know. It required a lot of my attention. <laughs> well, Pierre's- I do remember that show because I did, I did meet a young lady there for a couple of months. <laughs> Interesting. You remember her name? I might have known her. No. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Dated her. Uh, well, Years ago, there, young man. Pierre did come in, and I, and I bring that up because of the relationship with with, with radio and with this radio station uh, as well. And and uh, Pierre, you've gotten no ad in the guys. Uh, well, God, they've done archive sessions for us before. They've done spring break concerts for us. Uh, we've had a, a long time friendship with you guys. And hell, we hung out in Vegas one night. And you I just can't. showed up out of the middle. I'm in the middle of the show, and I'm like. I went over to Dean. I was like, is that Pierre? <laughs> we're Ve- you know, you're kind of confused. I'm like, where exactly? Are we in Vegas? <laughs> so I stopped the show. and I was like, Pierre. I came so I, to I Vegas said, get to back see here. you. I know. I was like, get back here. And we hung out all night. We had we fun times. We quite a lot on the bus until I, I was with you until the bus took off, in fact. <laughs> Did we leave you? 
Yes. Okay. Sorry about that. It was all right. I had Oil a slot machine. You. you were doing two shows a night at the Sands, right, Pierre? <laughs> <laughs> I was opening for Sinatra. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you guys about the the record because obviously you're Georgia boys, but this is clearly not Georgia on the cover. Uh, yeah. It's a great shot of uh, of you guys out in a desert somewhere and the That's interior. A, the flats, salt flats. Ah, Bonneville salt flats. Okay. Yeah. Cool. How long take to get those shots? Uh, we're kind of quick. Um, Ten minutes, huh. and we had the car, and so we were more interested in driving around in the flats as fast as we could, and a minivan <laughs> would allow. How fast did you get up to? We got to a top speed of 86. Oh, wow. The tires caught on fire. Yeah, that's where they, they test all the rocket cars and yeah. all the, uh, yeah, that's it. You know, you guys, uh, Preston and Steve were talking about albums that you can listen through all the way from the beginning to end. In the true sense of an album, you mentioned ACDC's Back in Black recently. But I was, I've been listening to this record, and it's one of those kind of records. For all the same reasons you were talking about earlier, Ed has this ability to write one song after the other after the other. You know, And from this, which is the song that you played, uh, Into Hurricane, Exposed, Confession, and Are You the Answer, number five, is just brilliant. Thank you. It's so, it's so cool. Thank you. Know, you. But it's one song after the other, and... Jesse, your guitar playing on uh, "Without Me" at the end, that those riffs at the end. I mean, it, Jesse's killing it, man. Really what, a, what a great addition! And came in and kicked us in the ass. But man. this is one of those kind of records you can listen to, you know, from beginning to end. And I still believe in the album. I and, do too. That's the era I grew up in. You know, I well, never you, wanted to. Do you have them. a deal with Walmart with this? Um, mm -hmm. Because uh, what I was reading is that you and some bands have done this, have gone in and uh, re-recorded some of your greatest hits correct and the reason being i understand is so that you own them so that the previous record companies don't own them but i gotta think how bizarre that is um to go in and re-record and try to match it as close as you can to what it was a song that you recorded 20 years ago it was torture torture it, because you you do have to once ago now that yeah. you did have to go back and kind of match as close as you can and, you know, your singing style changes, your voice, you know, the wonderful upkeep of my lifestyle over the last 20 years <laughs> sure. made my voice just stay the same. And, you know, it, it was uh, uh, Sean Grove who lives in the Philly area. He's our engineer, producer, mixer. I mean, line after line, you just go, nope, nope. And you'd hear the original and go, God, I don't know if I can... First off, why did I sound like that in the first place? <laughs> Second, how am I going to do that again? Are there, mm -hmm. I mean, no matter what, even if there are, you know, uh, ways that they can trick it and make it sound as as it did before, it still has to be arduous. Now you tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> I assume still it's got, it must make you hate the material well, at a certain point. It also point. made me realize, we were talking earlier, like over the years, sometimes you start changing the melodies just a little bit. Yeah. You didn't realize um, – just the minor details, and you've gotten so used to it, you can't even hear it. So just, I had to sit there and listen over. And the last thing I want to do is listen to these <laughs> songs over and over again to, to get the phrasing and the the melody. Just to, you know, do they, do they become like uh, you know, in a bizarre way, do the songs become like you know, they're 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 almost living entities because they they afford you your livelihood in a way. You know what I'm saying? They, yeah, and they are, especially when we play live. Like there is. Nothing greater. Once again, people ask me, do I ever get tired of playing Shine? I'm like, no. It's the most wonderful thing on stage to play it because it takes a different energy every night with the crowd. Right. But when I go home, do I pop Collective Soul and Spotify? <laughs> yeah. No. no yeah. <laughs> you know what? Like, uh, obviously, your, your life uh, changes o over the years, so therefore the lyrics and what they mean to you change over the years. Uh, do you... 
Are, are there any lyrics in your songs that you sort of change up just because um, you don't feel that way anymore? You don't feel that way nah, anymore, or nah, that's, that's a great question. No, I actually, especially when we play them live, there's nights where I can relive what I was going through emotionally uh, when I wrote those songs. It's weird. I can get senses of the smell where, like, if I was near the beach or we're recording in Miami, I can sense that. It's so a, I don't it's change that. I a just, mnemonic sort of a thing going on. Yeah, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just channeling up on stage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thinking about banging that chick back in St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You are it's hurt. It's the song yeah. Jail. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's another southern band that I that I really like called the Avett Brothers. And, uh, oh, yeah. And they have a song called Murdered in the City. And those lyrics have changed because... At the end of the song, he's talking about family members, but some family members have joined us, you know, since the song was first written. So now he he includes instead of like you know mother and sister, it's about his kids and stuff like that. So oh, that's, that's cool. sort of where that that question was derived. That's a that's mm-hmm. that's a cool question. I like that. Do you ever look back at lyrics that you wrote when you were in your twenties, thinking um, I thought these were so profound when I was twenty four, and look at them now, and you're like, what the <laughs> hell was I thinking? Quite often. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny you should say that because we had these gentlemen in the studio who, um, they're all right, from a di- from a Disney show, and his problem right now is that he just doesn't feel like he's being taken seriously because he's young and he's twenty one and he comes from the Disney camp. And I said to him, I said, you know, do you know how old the Doors were when you know when when they first hit? They were twenty one. Eleven. So, yeah. No, no but. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't know why it is, but uh, you know, some th- we all took oh, at least I did all took the door seriously, and and I'm 40 now, and the songs that I love from the Doors were written when they were kids, yeah. right? You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I guess, but that's having the career that we've had, which we're very blessed. It's kind of fun to look and you kind of go, oh yeah, that's that's what I felt like then, and mm-hmm. y- you know. You don't, and you grow, like, you know, marriage brings in new songs. Having children brings in new ideas to songs. So. Right. It's all part of a process, too. I mean, everything that happened make, is, makes you who you are. Right. So yeah. there's, there's nothing, no sense of embarrassment. I mean, maybe, okay, I mean, it was, you know, you're younger and you say, okay, that was a different mindset. But that all needed to be that way. Right. I, I never look back on embarrassment. I look at it, if anything, just a learning curve. Right, you know, right, Trying yeah. to figure out the songwriting style and the vocals, everything. So, yeah. uh, like you said, they're talking about the doors. They're kids. I mean, how in the world do you <laughs> even crazy. know what you are at that age? Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. Uh, well, if you got a chance, we'd love to play another song or have you play another song. That's cool. To. Excellent. All right, Pierre, this one's for you then. All right, here we go. <laughs> brought it up. Collective Soul on MMR. Promises. Where they're gonna lead me to I still have wishes That haven't come true Well I toss and turn What this life it can give Yeah I toss and turn How this life I should live Are you the answer to all I need? Are you the answer, the answer for me? Patience, it's leaving my side. I'm gonna circle back. 
see what I can find. This whole 93.3 WMMR. That is a beautiful song. That's a Thanks, new dude. one. It's yeah. a great song. Thanks, great bro. Song. Absolutely. Thanks. Yeah, I was going to ask you about um, the record because uh, I understand it's going to come out on vinyl. Yes, we were told it was coming out on day of release. But <laughs> it's, um, and, and that's all I asked for in this new deal. I was like, that, I don't, whatever, points, my, I don't, I want it on vinyl because I collect vinyl and, and that's one of the ways I have a 17 year old son and that's one of our connecting points we go to the record store and he turns me on to what he's listening to and I'll I'll go back to what dad grew up on and it's a good connecting thing getting to my point they messed up so it's going to be another three four months where it's on vinyl but I got to have vinyl we've only had one ever on vinyl and it was, was this one break. breakdown and I went online and it was three hundred dollars. I'm like oh, Dude, to buy your own friggin' out. Give me a family discount. It's mine. <laughs> <laughs> and we do a uh, we do a vinyl feature every day on my show, so we uh, play it every day. And uh, you know, I think it's the three dimensional nature of the record, you know, the whole experience of sitting there with it and the turntable and putting the needle on the record. There's something magical about it. Jesse can up in a what's well, my son's room, but he splits time, but when he's gone, it becomes daddy's room, and it's vinyl everywhere. And it's my wife will come home, she's like, "Oh my god!" Because there's just records thrown everywhere, you know. <laughs> and once again, it makes you you put that needle down, and you got to walk. You got to walk. What you got to listen to it. You know what I'm saying? It's not quick turn, so it makes you listen to the whole. I go back to the whole record. I just enjoy well, the whole experience. When uh, when um, we first switched to CDs, I remember playing Jungle Land from Bruce Springsteen, and <clears throat> We had just gotten two CD machines in the studio. We still had the turntables. And I go, well, which one is playing and which one isn't? And I, <laughs> I pressed it. And I, I pressed in the middle of Jungle Land, which in Philadelphia is equivalent to being run out of town. Yeah. You know? And I go, oh, blank. But it wasn't blank. And, and with I, I mentioned that because if it was a record, you could just put the, the needle right needle, back right. down in the same spot. Right. <laughs> you know, and going, what the F do I do? But you know, you know, it was a negative, and I mean this in a, in a heartwarming way about uh, listening on vinyl. Is if you put on like a really rocking song, and you start jumping around, air guitaring, <laughs> it would skip, yes. and then you'd have to start from the very beginning yes. all over again because you can't rock out to the middle of a song. You got to go for the whole you put thing. Foam under it, like yeah. you put yeah. foam under the. Uh... Uh, under the record player, and that keeps oh, I rock it. out, dude. I'm not afraid. Of it. <laughs> nice. I remember that. that. Put the Fitbit on and get up there and dance a little bit to my yeah. vinyl. <laughs> How many vinyl albums do you think you have? I don't know. Because you have to put 2000. those in alphabetical order. Two thousand? Right? No, I don't. I'm all over the place with it. I'm just, I just go through and I go. God, I forgot about that, and it's so inspiring to me. Yeah. 
Uh, so, no, I'm not alphabetical order. I try to keep the bands together, and somehow I'll know where they are. So That's the better method. Hey. Is there one particular that's a collector's item or one album that stands above the rest in importance to you? Besides right now, own- James Gang. Uh, ah, we nice. listened to the other day that we're we've, we're all big Joe Walsh fans. He was just in town two nights ago. Yeah. Was he? Did you guys see it? Was it cool? I missed it, unfortunately. Uh, but he's such a character. He's man, so I got to meet him, and it was fun. My son at the time was my youngest was four. We played Ringo Starr's birthday party. The other band, Jesse and I, and Sweet Tea. It's like this is the coolest thing ever. And my son's kind of a he's a character. I think he was four. And to watch him and Joe sit over there and make faces at each other, it was like, <laughs> it, they they were kids. They were just right, having yeah. a blast. I'm like, I want to make a face with Joe. <laughs> 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 you've, you've had such a great uh, such a great and colorful life. I mean, I think your first show was Johnny Cash. And yep. so, uh, soon on uh, in your concert going career, you saw Elton John. And then coming full cycle uh, among the many people that you've gotten to hang with is Elton. And uh, you live in Atlanta, and he lives at least portion portion of the time in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. He played on at least one or two records. Mm-hmm. Have you seen him lately? What's he up to? I haven't. We've been on the road. He was in Atlanta and called, and he's touring. He, you know, he just keeps on touring. So he called, and we, I wasn't there. He did the Music Midtown this year in Atlanta, which was big. But, um, you know, putting a record out, getting a record together, both of us are busy. Hopefully, we'll catch. I was trying to get out to Vegas to see him, and I couldn't do that. So, do you ever have you ever played on stage with him? No, that would be awesome. I'm not that good of friends with him yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, another, well, I am. I think I am. Uh, but he, the yeah, Troy, knew it. An- another Skew. big name. Somebody was texting. I totally forgot about this, but uh, Dolly Parton covered you guys right. years yeah. ago. Did you forge a relationship with her? I assume I didn't. I, no. We talked on the phone, and I sent her flowers. I've done everything. Uh, once again, it's it's. It's tough. The yeah, schedules don't allow that. She's the but real deal. She's, she was she's, so sweet. Yeah. She was just so sweet and so kind. Words, but uh, oh, trust me, I sent letters, love letters, <laughs> flowers. <laughs> and my brother Dean, seriously, since he was a kid, had a crush on Dolly, so yeah. he was the one really trying to work his way in there. <laughs> like, Dude, sit down. Chill. Yeah, I mean, she's had. I think if you look in the the Rolling Stone uh, Encyclopedia of Rock, they she's got. How many? Like, it's like six thousand songs. Yeah, yeah. she has six thousand uh, uh, songs. That, that's one of the coolest. People ask what's cool. That that's one of the coolest when you have a songwriter like Dolly Parton who doesn't need to cover anybody's songs. Yeah, she's yeah. got just just wonderful songs. The cover was truly one of the rewards of my career. Like it was just so special. I was curious if this was a reward. There was a. Um, <clears throat> Video on uh, YouTube recently of a cat singing along to one of your songs. <laughs> Did you see it? Yeah. For those who haven't, I have audio of it right here. <laughs> it is. It's awesome because the video, it's its not it's edited. Right the cat is yeah, really see, yeah. going along in real time to that. Yeah, that's uh, thats probably how I sounded back then, too. <laughs> I had to actually get it. This is true when I was recording because it was a basement. And just to get the sound that I wanted, there was an empty toilet paper dispenser, and I just put it up to my mouth to come up with, yeah, that's you, the Oh, that, that's, yeah? Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So anybody at home, you want to know how to do it? Just empty that toilet paper and put it to your mouth. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like that. So that was that wasn't an effect. You were using a toilet paper. Correct. Wow. I didn't have any effects other than whatever 
<laughs> no, if I don't go in there, I guess I should stop right there. Ed, you'll, you'll do some interesting things with your voice, and this has it as well in the chorus as well. Uh, uh, when it's, you know, I'm going to love you. When you, you kinda, are that's you my getting, Elvis, man. That's yeah. what I was going to say. I totally it's, thought it was an Elvis. It's an Elvis, and then I did my best David Lee Roth impersonation with a whelp, yelp, whatever you want to call it. If you listen to it, the but it's all Elvis, baby. Oh, nice. Excellent. Well, no, it's it's great. I mean, when you're when you're doing that, are you kind of leaning in tight to the mic and kind of <laughs> hips are moving, baby. Yeah, that's baby. right. That's right, man. <laughs> Fried dinner sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, make sure you go see these guys live. Pierre, are you going to be? Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, you'll Bad be on that show, right? I never miss them. That's fair. I mean, they're so great in concert, and I'm not saying that because Ed's here. I'm saying it because he paid me earlier. Um, but uh, they I willed all my vinyl to you. <laughs> he did. It's a really nice collection. Um, th- to see them from the moment they take off to the moment the show ends, and it's a long set. And I've been looking at some of the songs you're pulling out, and they're just great. It's so worth going to. I love it. We look forward to it. We love it, dude. And make sure you check out the new album. See what you started by continuing. Officially, just came out uh, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, grab that and and go and see the guys. So, uh, thank you, guys, Collective Soul. Yeah. Thank you. Both Ed and Jesse here this morning. We're going to break. We're going to come back in a second. Stay right there. Like the Preston and Steve Show podcast? Check out MMR's other audio on demand at WMMR.com or on the MMR mobile app. Steven Singer's Ready for Love Diamond Engagement Rings are ready to go. (laughs) Whether your budget's $500 or $5,000, Steven has the perfect ring for you at the perfect price. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. IHateStevenSinger.com Diamond jewelry doesn't have to be expensive. Have fun buying jewelry for someone you love and don't hate the price you pay. Feel the difference online at IHateStevenSinger.com with free shipping. Buy real diamonds from a real jeweler. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre Files. The Bizarre File is brought to you by the October Auto Fest at Hyundai City. This fall air has brought out their best deals of the year. More savings, more for your trade, more overall value. Shop now at HyundaiCity.com. We'll begin with this. A large firework exploded inside an apartment building on Friday night. No one was injured in the blast, although third of the building's windows were blown out and multiple fire doors were damaged. I mean, this was a big one. A spokesman said the blast rocked the entire building. It's an absolute miracle that no one was injured and, moreover, that we're not fighting a fire right now. What caused it? Uh, More than 80 residents were evacuated. They're trying to figure that out. I mean, it was somebody had a mortar shell and they blew it up. Jesus. Authorities were investigating to determine who or what caused the commercial-grade mortar to go off near a stairwell in the second-story hallway. Tonight's the night. Uh, I'm going to blow up that mortar shell. Yeah, among those. But I don't really want to drive anywhere. Yeah, I'll just do it here. Uh, among those investigating the accident are Sheriff's Office Bomb Squad, the Bureau of Alcohol and Tobacco Firearms and Explosives, and the Aggravated Felonies Unit. So they're not messing around. Yeah. Whoever did this is going to go to jail for a long time. They're going to face some serious charges. So, yeah, I mean, it's a bomb, basically. Yes. A beaver protecting its dam. Attacked two Central Oregon men who fell into a river and got taken to the hospital. Uh, nice the, beaver. The beaver? No, not a nice beaver. Uh, the men were exploring Thursday night when they climbed onto a beaver dam and got attacked by the animal protecting its turf. Those things can get big, man. They really Damn can. Right. 
Uh, their injuries are not considered life-threatening. One man quickly climbed out of the Deschutes River near Lava Island and sought to help for uh, sought help for his friend whose clothing got caught on some logs. Oh, I was a beaver. <clears throat> the uh, trapped man <clears throat> managed to get out of the water just as the deputy arrived. Those suckers are huge, and yep. a lot of times they're disease-ridden. Um, yeah. Beavers? Disease-ridden, yeah. yeah. Disease-ridden beavers. beavers. Yes. Oh, they're the worst kind. An Alabama teenager was arrested Thursday after he followed through on a bizarre threat to kill his mother's chickens unless she mended the relationship between him and his girlfriend. Okay, so if she helped work on the relationship, the chickens would live. Yep. If not, they would die. Yep. Hayden Smith, who was 18, was arrested and charged with domestic violence, the uh, third degree, and criminal mischief. Deputies say the situation started when Smith texted his mother threatening to kill one of her chickens every 15 minutes until she contacted his girlfriend's parents and attempted to med... I don't believe you. Put one of the chickens on the phone. <laughs> Lola? Is that you, Lola? <laughs> He, he threatened to kill one of her chickens every 15 minutes until she contacted his girlfriend's parents and I attempted... I you, I have a special set of kill skills that makes me a nightmare for chicken killers like you. And uh, attempt to mend their broken relationship. Let the chickens go and I'll let you live. Uh, Smith gave his mother a deadline of noon before he started to kill the chickens. I'll throw out a dead chicken every 10 minutes. He also th- threatened to burn his mother's house down, kill any deputies that arrived on the scene, and kill himself. But he's starting with the chicken. Young love, guys, yeah. right? Yeah. So why, why did the girl want him back again? Uh, Smith then began sending his mother picture messages of I'm each... i kill these chickens, and it's not like you can eat them when you can. Yeah, actually, yeah. So uh, he, he began sending his mother pictures and on uh, text messages of each chicken he killed at 15-minute intervals. He killed six of them. He, six, he went through with it. Six chickens. That's right. Yep. Uh, there's no word on uh, Smith's current relationship status, but we're hoping <laughs> for the best. If anything was going to win her back, Dead. it was that chicken murder. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on Saturday, CNN devoted an entire segment to what it called an ISIS flag among a <laughs> sea of rainbow colors. CNN International's Lucy Pauly described spotting the flag at a gay pride march in London uh, she pronounced it to be an attempt to mimic the ISIS flag, the black and white with distinctive lettering. And upon seeing the flag, she reported it to nearby police. She noted, however, that if you look at the flag closely, you'll see it's clearly not Arabic. Uh, Polly is correct that the flag is not Arabic. It is, in fact, not any language. Rather, it consists of crude drawings of sex toys. No, really? That's what it is. Oh, that's so it's funny. all sorts of... Dildos I mean, and they, stuff. Had a, they had a graphic on yeah, the yeah. screen and everything. This is an outrage. Yeah. <laughs> Paulie was joined by CNN National Security Analyst Peter Bergen to discuss the matter. During the segment, the camera panned to repeated, uh, in repeatedly on the flag in question. Uh, and you could see clearly that they were sex toys. CNN has not yet commented. That, that would have to be the most <laughs> conflicted group of people, gay members of ISIS. Right. Yeah. What do you do? I We're just trying to get a foothold here. Mm-hmm. A huge snake's big meal in South Africa has turned out to be its last. After the death of a 12-foot-long African rock python, park rangers opened its stomach inside. They found a 30-pound porcupine. Whoa! Its needle-sharp quills seem to have punctured the snake's digestive tract and may have contributed to its death. That'd be like uh, you eating a pincushion. Yeah. Uh, the engorged snake was first spotted by a mountain biker. Visitors showed up to the at the park to observe the snake. It was still alive. And to speculate what it had eaten, you know, it had a big lump yeah. inside of it. 
Uh, though the exact cause of death is unknown, spectators and the porcupine may be to blame. Uh, a spokesperson said, with all the human interaction, this could have caused stress, and the python would then regurgitate the meal up with all the quills causing problems. Uh, pythons, which are some of the largest snakes in the world, kill their prey, of course, by constriction. Some species are known to eat animals as large as antelope and deer. Their prey is swallowed whole and may take days or weeks to digest fully. The quills on a porcupine, and they have them over at the um, at the uh, aquarium. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're big. I mean, they're large. Yeah. You know, yeah, big they time. rip you up. Yep. So I, I don't know what you can trust on the internet these days, but I saw a picture last week of. Of this snake that had been eating this guy's sheep, right? Yeah. So the guy puts up an electric fence, and this is the story behind the picture, and he ends up killing the snake with an electric fence, and it is gigantic, and you see its mouth caught on the barbs of the fence, and, I mean, it seems like with his jaws agape, it's probably about two feet, three feet big. I think that's a really old picture. That segment's been around for a while, so... uh, I think it's legit. Is but, it? But uh, is it like the one with the, the black the guy I'm with all the billiard balls in his mouth? It's it's a lot like okay. that. Yeah. All right. Anyhow, that's what I have in the bizarre file for you this morning. Uh, we're going to take a break. We'll be back in a moment. Ninety-three-three WMMR proudly supports the inaugural Market Street Run for Blue, presented by Wawa, Sunday, October twenty-seventh. The event benefits the Philadelphia Police Foundation with a run through historic Old City to Thirtieth Street Station and back for a post-run festival at Penn's Landing, featuring food and beverages courtesy of Wawa, awards for top finishers in multiple age groups, and fun for the whole family. Click events at WMMR.com for all the details and to get signed up. Sunday, October 27th. It's the Market Street Run for Blue. Presented by Wawa. 93.3 WMMR is putting Philly first. Our next guest in studio uh, on screen. He is a man of few words, but he's the biggest thing in Westeros that you will find. In real life, he is Europe's strongest man. He is the world's strongest Viking. And he is going to be at the Philadelphia uh, Ren Fair. Please welcome you know him as the Mountain from Game of Thrones, Hapthor Julius Bjornsson. Good morning, Hapthor. Good morning. Am I getting that right? Hapthor. Hapthor Julius Bjornsson, yes, correct. Hapthor Julius, okay. Julius. Julius is my middle, middle, middle name. Yeah. Sometimes it, it gets uh, forgotten, but, you know, that's okay. Okay. Yeah. And you're originally from Iceland. That's correct, yeah. And is that where you still reside now, or have you since moved away from there? I'm still in Iceland. Uh, it's uh, yeah, I'm still there, still live, live, live there. But you know, I'm I, I travel a lot around the world. I'm always on the road. So you were in the strongest man competition last year in, in Los Angeles, correct? I was uh, at in Malaysia, Kuala Lumpur, competing okay. at the World Strongest Man competition. Just uh, a few weeks ago. Just a few weeks ago. Okay. Yes. So that and you divide your time. Obviously, Game of Thrones is 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 just a, a world phenomenon, and uh, and and you're you're a part of that. But I was watching a documentary about Iceland last night and about the world's strongest men, and they they make the point that basically this area generates more competitive strong men than any other place in the world. And 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 so I mean, and that's you know you would you would could testify to that fact, correct? Yes, yes, of course. I mean, we are only three hundred thousand people who lives there. It's a, it's a small sure country, but you know, uh, we have won the title more than any other country eight, eight times. That's, eight times. That's incredible, and uh, 
soon, hopefully it will be ninth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they showed a gym in this documentary. Is it a Yakova or something like that? Uh, Yakubol, yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's uh, there. Everybody in there, Preston, is the size of a bus, yeah. and and they're all. Um, but this is, it's a fascinating sport because it's just you're you're challenging yourself constantly. And what do you think it is about Iceland and the area that generates? Just obviously the genetics are there, but what else? What about the spirit of the people? Uh, well, I always say. Uh, it's something in the water, I guess. Yeah. You're so yeah. clean and good water. Yeah. Right, right. And Glacial water. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and it's just we are hard workers, always work worked very, very, very hard. And uh, Vikings, of course, it's uh, in our blood to be strong. Uh, and, and you know, we are we are the strongest people, I say it always. And, and also we, we have the most beautiful women. Oh yeah, yeah. No, we, we would agree with that too. Yeah. I'm yeah. just wondering, can you take a punch too, or are you just strong? I am strong, you know. But you know, uh, I have taken a few punches, but I don't. What like jackass it. hit he you? Doesn't... What jackass hit you? Yeah. Well, just in the ring with my with my with my with my friends. Okay. I have, I have few few friends at home who was you know uh, doing boxing or MMA or some kind okay. of. And, and you know they 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 like to challenge me a lot to get in the ring. And, you know. <laughs> How do you do? How do you do in, in the ring? Because I was um, wondering about it, it, would MMA does that interest you at all? No, it does not actually. Uh-huh. Not at the moment. Right now, I'm just focusing on uh, my career in uh, strongman. You, you uh, did play professional basketball in Iceland for a couple of years, did you not? I did, yes. Which did. it amazes me. Of your size, you, you obviously have velocity, too, if you could play competitive basketball at that level. Well, when I played, I was around uh, 200 pounds lighter. <laughs> so <laughs> You had it. Oh, my. So you packed on 200 pounds of muscle plus? Yeah. Jesus. That, yeah. What do you weigh right now? Right now, I weigh probably around 400 pounds. 400 pounds. And how tall are you? 6'9", uh, around 6'9". Yeah, I've read that your caloric intake on a daily basis is around 8,000 calories. 8 to 10,000 calories. God, 8 oh to 10,000 Mine's calories. about 2,100. That's amazing. <laughs> it's incredible. Wow, we're looking at a picture of Half Thor when he played basketball. That is, that's another person. That doesn't even yeah, look like is. you. That's amazing. Yeah, you're actually slim in that. Yeah, <laughs> look at that. At six nine, I could understand why he'd be a basketball player. It was an ankle injury, or a f- uh, that, uh, yeah. that. Yeah, ankle. In, uh, well, I broke my ankle twice. I had twice. to have uh, surgery twice. So, uh, second time, I decided to take a little bit break. I went to the gym. Well, I, 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 I've been training in the gym almost all my life, mm-hmm. but when I stopped running a lot, yeah. I just Keep on pushing, uh, putting on muscle, and got strong very fast. So, Jesus. it's incredible. I wanted to ask you about Game of Thrones, Half Thor, because uh, the first season is where we we meet the Mountain on the show. I've read the books; I'm familiar with the character. He doesn't appear too much in there, um, and but it was a different actor who played him in that first season. And I don't know if it was uh, scheduling conflicts, but how did they decide upon you uh, becoming uh, Gregor Clegane? It's a long story. Uh, well, they were f- back in 2013. They were filming in Iceland at that moment, and um, they heard about this big, big, strong, powerful guy. 
and they were actually looking for a new guy to act the mountain. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I got a got an email at first, and I was actually a big fan of the show. Oh, okay. were you? Okay. A big fan of the show. So when I got the email, you know, at that time I was really, you know, that famous. Just you know, I was fam- famous in the strongman world, but mm-hmm. not. Like now. Right. So um, when I got the email, you know, I thought it was someone just was jumping <laughs> jung- around or something. <laughs> because I, I brought the email. I was like, what? what who, is, who is messing with me now? Who is, who is messing with me now? Right. But, you know, uh, then I had, you know, I had call from them uh, like a week later. And at that time they were, yeah, filming in Iceland. And, yeah, everything went well and i got the role nice nice um you had we had seen a video of you um doing an event uh for one of the strongman competitions i'm not sure if it was i think it might have been world's strongest viking uh where you did the log carry and this was uh astonishing yeah it weighs 1433 pounds <laughs> this is um i mean 1433 pounds so you did you break a record with uh, with that lift? Did I hear correctly? Yeah, it was a thousand year old record. What a thousand? Year they old kept record. records a thousand years ago. Yeah, when well, you lift something a thousand pounds and more, yeah, they keep records. <laughs> they write that down. Yeah, yeah, yeah all right. And uh, and uh, yeah, I, I I broke that record that day. Uh, uh, I took uh, well, took three steps with it, I think. Uh, Three steps with a thousand plus pounds on your shoulders. On his shoulders. Yeah, and you know, yeah. Okay, when when you're about to do something like that, I mean, there's even though it's you're not lifting it very high, you're still lifting it all the way up and moving it. I mean, you could have gotten hurt really, really bad doing that. Am I correct? Yeah, that's correct. You know, the last guy who did it, he actually broke his back and never was the same after that. Oh, my God. And you're dealing, and we were talking about your basketball injury. Does that, has that's never been an issue with you? Your ankle, uh, everything's been fine with that? Obviously, if you're lifting stuff like this, it's it's not that much. But you've, uh, watching the documentary about the strongman, any little any little injury or thing that comes back to haunt them can be a career killer, but you're obviously going great guns with that. I've been lucky so far with uh, injuries in my sport. I haven't, got, I haven't had any bad injuries so far. So, yeah, I've been very lucky so far. And the yeah. nature of these competitions, I love watching them because they, you know, they, they really seem to have a good... Um, respect for the the history of of the games throughout the the centuries, and you know, with the, the picking up of the large ball and on all of that stuff, and the the way stuff is carried. Uh, uh, but there is there is actually a gym in the area. Um, a, a guy we know runs it, and it's, it's all focused on this. And now you'll see these um, cross training and CrossFit stuff where they've kind of adopted some of those strongmen. Um, exercises and are are doing them. It's it's now becoming very popular. Have you noticed an increase? in the popularity of the sport worldwide in the recent years? Yeah, I think it's get, it's getting more popular each year. Uh, you know, CrossFit is extremely popular right now, and I always say CrossFit is uh, it's we, it's similar like Stroman, but just for the regular 
For, for, for pussies, like yeah, I was gonna say people who aren't <laughs> strong. Stevie just got and said like, "Well, I didn't want to say just it." Just the regular but, yeah. people, not, not, yeah, not, not no. regular like me. Like yes, we, we, we there's, I'm there's... more like a beast. Hafsa, <laughs> yeah. I wanted to ask you about your tattoos. You have some pretty incredible tattoos, um, and and they would fit in in Game of Thrones world. There's a dragon on your left arm, and I'm not quite sure what's on your right arm. But do you have any um, tattoos that reflect anything from modern times that have to get? Uh, would have to get covered up while filming. Like, is there a uh, you know a Van Halen nineteen eighty four tattoo on there anyway? Uh, if you're asking, if I need to, well, when I'm, for the TV, do show. they get covered up for filming? Y- yes, they do. Yes, it's they they make over it, they put over it. Because the dragon tattoo would fit in nicely in in Game of Thrones world, wouldn't it? Yeah, the tattoo is actually quite new. Yeah, okay. this this year the dragon tattoo it's only like um, it's almost a year old now, so. Uh, but you know, they uh, put over it like a makeup. Yeah, okay. they, they would have. All to, right. I guess. So I'm going to ask a question about the show. If you've not seen the season finale <laughs> last year, this is your opportunity to turn the radio down. But I'm going to ask Half Thor about this scene. It's a big, big, important battle. It's between uh, Oberyn Martell and the Mountain, and it's the climactic end of the season. Uh, there's a part, spoiler alert! Yes, you've been warned. Where the mountain actually squeezes Oberyn's head and it basically explodes when he does this. <laughs> um, what did they have you, Was it, were those your hands and were you actually squeezing and, and exploding uh, a, a prop of some sort, I guess? Yeah, well, it was not well, actually his. It, yes, <laughs> I get that happening. Well, that's really <laughs> taking a... Listen, <laughs> wasn't we, sure. have, we have a job for you. You have to be willing to have your head crushed. <laughs> I wasn't sure if it was CGI yeah. or if they had a mannequin that he was squeezing the head of. Uh, yeah, I'm sure his lawyer would have gotten in touch with you eventually. Uh, you crushed it. No, but, uh, <laughs> what like a watermelon? Yeah, so yeah. what did they have there? What were you squeezing? Well, uh, it's, it's kind of secret. It's a secret. Yes. Okay. um, It was the guy, (laughs) Brent. I can't watch that scene ever again. It's nasty. It's so nasty. Yeah. Now you you for the fighting the 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 and uh, the weapon training the guy who trains you guys to do that was the trainer on the movie Gladiator. Correct. Like this is he's like the best in the world. He's very 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 good very talented and 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 to have such a such a great guy to. uh, have around to, to teach you was you know very great like very good like like you like most of the people who have watched the scene yeah uh, me and Pedro Pascal were both well prepared for the fight and it happened very well so it's you know it's because we had very good training. It's, I assume it has to be. It has to be very precise. You have to, the way you would choreograph a dance, because regardless, you're still swinging at each other, and you're still, you know, uh, any injuries that you uh, received while doing well, that? Well, I had, you know, I was training every day, uh, the whole day for a few weeks, you know, learning the fights. Yeah. And the sword was so heavy. I remember I had so much pain in my in my biceps, really, yeah. and my forearms for like holding the sword because it's not a normal sword. It's it's a, a real big and you know it's and it's heavy as well. So yeah. just by swinging it every day, every day, and every day, 
I was like, after the fight, I was like, few weeks, very bad hurt. Very bad hurt. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's a rep- repetitious movement and it's a repetitive injury, like a, almost like carpal tunnel or something where you're hurting that. Yeah, man, Jesus, it's just it's brutal. We yeah. were uh, out in the green room before the interview started and I got a picture with Hafthor and uh, Casey walks up to him and he says, uh, now if you, uh, if you pick me up by the neck, would that kill me? Yeah. <laughs> and Hoffler uh, just says, yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm planning pictures for well, after the... Uh, okay. Casey, yeah. as we're sitting here doing the interview, I'm thinking, I wonder if he could, like, you know, pick me up by the head and I could just hold on to his wrist so it wouldn't really actually hurt, but it looked like he was holding me by my head. But How, many, how many times a day do you get asked to pick people up? You must get it constantly. I get it quite often, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's uh, and there's probably some people you just don't want to pick up. <laughs> mm, few, yeah. <laughs> well, listen, you you will be at the Philadelphia Ren Fair. Um, this is great. That's it, correct, and, yeah. and actually, it's here in town. So yes, yeah. so. and it's it's this weekend. What what all will you be doing? What can people come and, and experience with you, uh, Hathor? Uh Well, I'll be there. You know, selling some T-shirts. They can have some photos with me. I'll be there um, uh, training some people, and I'll be doing a lot of, lot, lot of, lot of stuff. You know, what, what kind of training? Like strongman training? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll be, you know, yeah. It's an for amazing some, thing to see. Some, ah, yeah. yeah. And we do have the Ren Fair in 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 Pennsylvania, but it is a traveling distance. It's right now in our backyard. So if you've ever flirted with the idea of going out and seeing what this is about, this is a perfect opportunity. And for Game of Thrones fans. It's a win-win. Exactly, exactly. So it's, yeah. I would imagine when, when you do travel from city to city that, because uh, there are, like, uh, we have friends of ours from Iron Sport Gym, uh, Steve Pulsinella. We yeah, had great these guys. Guy. Yeah. yeah. They came and, like, flipped cars for us and all that sort of stuff. So when you travel from city to city, do do people, um, you know, hunt you down and try and get you to work out in their gyms and stuff like that? Yeah, they yeah. do, yeah. And you're doing CrossFit, though? I, well... I like I like CrossFit. I know I know uh, Annie Mist quite well. Annie Mist Thor 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 She's from Iceland and she has uh, won the title, the CrossFit title, a few times. Uh, she's from Iceland, so yeah. I don't I don't peg you as a Zumba kind of guy. <laughs> I like Zumba. Do you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big smile. Well, but is there something that you do that that we would not think this is what you do for a whether it be you know an activity, a workout, something like that? Yoga or you know. Well, I've been to yoga. Yeah? And, you know, uh, I like frisbee golf. Do you know that? Frisbee oh, golf. Yeah. Yeah, that looks golf. cool. That actually, it's a place down in Delaware. So if you're if you're looking to do yeah. that, there's a little park down there oh that God. they do disc golf. Yeah. I got to imagine when you travel, though, it's, it, I mean, what are the look, as you're walking down the aisle, I don't even know if it's a first class or whatever, people are got to be going, please don't sit next to me. Please don't sit next to me. All <laughs> 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 right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um... There are so many different ways for you to make money, and, and right now you're focused on strongman stuff. I, I'm sure that the WWE has contacted you. Uh, I don't know if there's any plans to do that. Um, there, any arm wrestling competitions? Uh, do you do anything like that? No arm wrestling contest, no. But, you know, yes, I've had a uh, few offers mm-hmm. so far, few. Yeah. So, uh, But, you know, I'm very focused on my... Uh, on my goals right now, mm-hmm. uh, I like acting very much, and I wanna stay more into that. But also, I wanna, I wanna see my goal in strongman. I wanna, I wanna bring the title back home. Okay. Yeah. To do that, I must be focused, and you know, uh, 
it's it, it's a lot of opportunities going on. Uh, but you know, you must be focused. You got to be focused, yeah. and especially in this in that in your sport of choice. You, you, exactly. Right. Absolutely. Is is the money good in strongman competitions? Uh, not. I'll tell you what. I mean, for for winning competitions, or 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 being a professional wrestler. Right, right. But your your attachment to it now, with because you are a breakout character on Game of Thrones, you're a fan favorite, and uh, with that, that that'll help every time the visibility of the sports raised. The we would assume. The winning purse is not that you would ever use a purse would would be raised up a bit as well. So that's that's I mean that's that's a good thing. I think it's a fascinating sport to watch. I think it's just the ultimate in human, you know, achievement. I, I love when the women do it too. They they don't hey. have the competitions as often though, do they? The, the, the strongest, no. Well, they do, but it's it's uh... not as publicized. Yeah, yeah. It seems because it used to be. Who was it we had? Magnus Vermagnuson? Magnus Vermagnuson. In our studio yeah. one time. Are you familiar with him? Magnus Vermagnuson? Yeah. Yeah, I trained, in, uh, I trained in his gym. Oh, okay. All right. He's got the coolest name ever, though. I mean, your name's pretty cool, but Magnus Vermagnuson yeah. is one. I mean, that's not a character's name. That's an actual human being's name. It, it doesn't get more bad. I don't know, man. Hathor's pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, 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 he's Thor. Yeah, that's you know, pretty bad. If I'm going to pronounce half Thor. Um, to English, half means ocean, and Thor means god, so it's ocean god. Oh, well, I'll take that <laughs> over Magnus. I don't know. No offense. <laughs> no offense. I really go want ahead. to stop. Go ahead. How do you say the mountain in uh, Icelandic? Fjallith. Fjallith? Fjallith. See, I think, I, think okay. it's a, I think it's a beautiful language, too. It I, is, I, yeah. Especially when, it, when, as you say, one of the multitude of uh, beautiful Icelandic women speak it, it sounds... Just it, it rocks. So. Hey, uh, you have a you have a mountain in your pants too. <laughs> <laughs> of course, Nick would ask. Nick that is question. Nick goes both ways, and, uh, uh, I, and I he can, wants I to can, scale can, that mountain. I can, I can see that he's been he's been looking at me a lot. Doesn't take yes. Oh you should have at least asked me to ask you. <laughs> oh my, God. my my guess is that's the case. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh Game of Bones is the movie. <laughs> All right. So Casey wrote me a note because I didn't write that. Who wrote this? That's uh, that's Marissa's handwriting. Oh, because you have you have arm wrestled. Um, John Cena. John I almost Cena. won that one. Half <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thor, would you take him on in arm wrestling? Uh, <laughs> just look I at think him. He looks a little scared. Use your yeah. pinky. Yeah. Uh, sure. Why not? Use your pinky. All right, go Casey, head on over. All Take right. on the mountain. Then no, mind you, this you know, Case. I guess. Yeah, I he's guess a, he's like he's a pro- professional uh, arm wrestler. No, you he's can not. Tell, right? Yeah, he's uh, he's. <laughs> He's no, Nick trains. No, just, 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 I'm gonna just tell all the people who are listening. Uh, arm wrestling is a lot of technique. Yeah, it's not with strength. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> right. I love the smile he flashes after he says stuff like that. He's like, Rrr. look at his arms. All right, Casey. Don't hurt him. Yeah, <laughs> he's just asking to not be hurt. Yeah, just uh, I'm asking. Just be gentle. <laughs> Jesus Dude, Christ, Casey, you're, you're going to be so, eviscerated. I'm just wondering. All right, go ahead. I right. really, I could get hurt here. Yeah. All right, three, two, one, and go. And it's over. <laughs> and it's over. <laughs>
Yeah, <laughs> wow. No way. Wow. No Did way. you feel you, you saw the spirit of the Viking warrior in Casey? Not only did he push my arm down, but he crushed my elbow into okay. the, the counter area here. Oh. And he's laughing. Casey, head shake. You're leaving him hand. Hey, does Casey remind you of, of Viking children? <laughs> oh, oh my God. Hey, let me ask you, what about uh, what about your family, Half Thor? Do you have any brothers, sisters, or um, uh, people that are as big as you and your family? My family's big, yeah. I have okay. two sisters, uh, and the one to mom and one to dad, and one daughter who is uh, six years old. She's, yeah, she's my heart. Oh, you have a daughter? Okay. Yes. Nice. Yeah, the tattoo. You guys, I, I, I actually have a tattoo of her. Oh, oh that's goodness. beautiful. Oh, nice. Oh, that's, that's wonderful. Absolutely. I guess that with the guys, eventually when she starts dating, she'll never have anybody come to the house. <laughs> she won't ever do that. <laughs> true. Yes. You're that uh, true. pretty active on Instagram, and we posted a link to your Instagram account up on uh, on PrestonandSteve.com, but you posted it like you were, was it the Taj Mahal that you visited recently? Did you lift that? <laughs> uh, this, is, uh, this is in Malaysia. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, well, listen, we, we want to thank you for coming by here this morning, and uh, remind people that they can go and see the mountain. You can see Half Thor. Half Thor is going to be at the Philadelphia Ren Fair. Good luck for World's Strongest Man. Yes. And um, we hope to see you again sometime. Thank you. Thanks for ha- having me. Thank we you. appreciate it. Let's hear it for Half Thor, guys. The mountain. We are going to take a quick break. We'll come back in just a moment. More is on the way. Stay right there. The Preston and Steve Show Podcast. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Our next guest is in the studio. I'm so excited because last year I went to the event he brought to Philadelphia. And as I was telling him off air, was absolutely blown away by the you experience. We're raving about it. And basically yep. said after that that if you could buy tickets for the return, you'd buy it right then and, and there. And my daughter specifically, who's, <laughs> who was seven years old at the time, mind you, <laughs> fell in love with it. It's called the Nitro Circus Live. And we have the creator, the man behind it all, Travis Pastrana, who yeah. is here. Hey, guys. How y'all doing? This morning. We're awesome, man. How are you? Uh, couldn't be better. Yeah. You know what? I, I, I got to tell you, we went with... So I have two sons and a daughter. My daughter is the youngest. She's, she was seven at the time. My boys are teenagers. And we weren't sure what to, she was going to think of the whole thing. And um, we we had to leave early, like, you know, 20 minutes earlier or so because we had something to get to. And she was so pissed off that we <laughs> nice. were leaving. I was blown away that this little girl, and she's a girly girl, just could not. She she was just blown away. It's the only uh, uh, As way you I can were. frame it. As yeah, we yeah. all were. Oh, it my just, God. I mean, she's seven, but, you know, I'm in my I, was, thir- I was in my 30s, and yeah. I was blown away. Yeah. Usually, yeah. It's the, the parents are coming. They're like, oh, man, we got to go with our, you know, usually sons yeah. to go see this, this action sports, whatever. And then halfway through, it's the parents that are standing up going, this is wild. <laughs> yeah, I've, yeah. I've never seen so much happening at one time <laughs> in my life because you guys – it's just constant. It's one after another, and you can't. And it just increases the stunts. For those who may not be familiar with Nitro Circus, how would you describe it? If if nobody knows what you're talking about at all, well, Nitro Circus is the best and the best of action sports, man. It's uh, 
you know, going 30 feet high in the air. It's uh, jumping 70, 80 feet in distance. You got motorcycles and snowmobiles and four wheelers all flying side by side. Uh, kind of choreographed, if you will, but we've got everything from guys trying to hit these ramps. I mean, huge ramps on couches, boogie boards, you name it. I mean, yes. there's a lot of crash and a lot of carnage, and it's built for a pretty ADHD audience. And it's, and it's, like I said, it's kind of just like, zoom, 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 yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like, hey, guy's going to go do one stunt, and then we'll reset, and then we'll get the other one ready to go. No. They will send, like, 20 or 30 <laughs> people yeah. uh, just constant. It's incredible. And yeah. I know the inclination is to think, okay, after years of this and after years of seeing, like, X Games and stuff like that, you've seen it all. You haven't. No, no you haven't. No, you haven't. And and I was lucky enough. I did something uh, before the show started. I was asked to uh, do a, a couple of, uh, of announcing of contests and stuff like that. So I was able to be on the floor with wow. my son. That's right. Before it all started. And we were standing next to the ramp. Okay. <laughs> the, the the starting ramp. The big one. Well, and On I, TV, they, they look, you know, normal. On, in person, you're like, what the heck is that? <laughs> we were standing it's, at the base of this suicide. thing. Yeah, we, we ended up, and it's a great picture of me and my son, you know, him on my shoulders. But we're standing there. And I, I was messing with him. I go, hey, uh, you have to go down this thing. And he, you should have seen the fear in his eyes. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm like, no, no, I'm just kidding. But people will go down that, and they're going to go down this, and they're going to go off that, and they're going to go. You know, it was just, it was amazing to see. As you, Jeff says, you're putting stuff, and you are the the, the creator and 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 the, the the main the main dude, the head honcho. Um, do you have like a like a Skywalker Ranch where you put together yeah. this stuff? You yeah, know? pretty much. Actually, not far from here, about an hour and a half. Live in uh, Annapolis, Maryland, and uh, basically we go out in Nitro Circus. You know, they have the X Games. The ramps haven't changed in quite some years. Like right. it's still the best in the world. But we take those guys and we say, okay, what do you want to do? So just this year, we had we built a ramp that was thirty-seven feet tall in the takeoff, seventy-eight degrees, so almost <laughs> vertical, hitting yeah. it at sixty miles an hour. We were able to get uh, one jet. Uh, you know, Josh Sheehan yeah, yeah. was able to do a triple backflip on a dirt bike. And two days triple. later, we had a guy do a quadruple backflip on a BMX bike. So my house is kind of like the, the playland, if you will. Jesus. Oh Guys, I, I was a diver when I was a kid, right? I'm just telling you, uh, the most I've ever done is two and a half flips. And and I only did that one time. You You're know, one of the few divers who used a motorcycle. <laughs> because the second time I did, <laughs> the second time I did it, two and a half, I, I slapped on my on my bellies, and I never ever tried it again. But th- just the idea of that when you're rotating that quickly, I just don't understand how you guys can keep your orientation and land. You, you generally can't. And that's the beauty of Nitro Circus is it's not like a Cirque du Soleil where everything's oh, and this is big. This is, no, it's these guys pushing themselves. They come on tour because they want to be the best in the world. They want to ride with the best in the world at all this stuff, and they always push themselves. So when you have 40 of the best in the world and the crowd starts getting to it about halftime, everyone is so pumped up and so energetic that, you know, stuff is tried every time in Nitro Circus, every new, every night, something that has never been done before. Right. By the way, we do have the Budweiser studio cam on now if you want to take a peek in here with uh, Travis on. It's, it's right <laughs> in front of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's up there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyhow, uh, one of the things also is that uh, it keeps rolling. It's not just uh, the stunts and so forth. There's pyrotechnics. There's videos that are being shown. In fact, some of the videos you guys show <laughs> are a stunt that's about to be done where the uh, the person that is a uh, trying it out has actually crashed and, and had an accident before. So they'll show the accident first and say, all right, just well, a, a, lot, a lot of times people, tonight. they uh-huh. kind of get numb. They're like, does it hurt? And you're like, oh, no, everything in the, the show is, yeah, it, of course it hurts. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we show them like, you know, I mean, nothing too graphic, but like when a leg bends where it shouldn't mm-hmm. and, you know, like the foot comes up and kicks him in the butt where, you know, and just to, to show that yeah. Yeah, this is possible. Their, their bodies should not move in that way. Right, they, right. they sadly sometimes end up doing that. Now, before we came on, I was, 
talking to you about the uh, the 3D movie, which I really did enjoy. And you said it was kind of ratcheted back a little bit for the cinematic aspect of it. But in 3D, as a lot of that action was being caught, you're like, the perspective is here. And you're like, Jesus, mother of Christ. I mean, you can see the heights and the flipping and the... From those vantage points, it's pretty staggering. So, And I was sitting on the safety of my couch. Yeah. Uh, well, we got to do some really cool stuff. We went down to Panama, and we jumped a big wheel, you know, like a Walmart, you know, yeah. $100, big plastic rear wheels, from one building that was 63 stories um, over a 40-foot gap in between the buildings to another building that was 62 stories. And uh, 3D really did it a pretty good job because yeah, you God. could you know, you know, could see that right. uh, you were actually, there was no safety nets and that's a pretty big drop. Hey, any, any plans to do any more films? Because I know that movie actually did pretty well. It was actually decent, especially yeah. Netflix and, and so yeah. on and so forth later. But uh, no, we... I, everything we've done, we've kind of slowed down. I'm like, look, we need to do something that's like the old school action sports. I mean, you guys were talking about Bam and all the guys yeah, that yeah. are, you know. So we're doing uh, action figures actually coming out October 20th. Real? Um, it's just, it's for, you know, it's like the show. Just yeah. wide open, everything in your face. All, you know, new, just wild stunts. And it's not dumbed down, if you will. Because mm-hmm. I, I feel like we underestimate the, the people that are watching, like, you don't have to explain that jumping from a 63-story building to a 62-story building is crazy. Yeah, it's dangerous. You know, you, yeah, yeah. This is something that we can just go yeah. bypass, you know. Uh, so, Travis, you've got, <clears throat> at the show, you've got uh, guys on motorcycles. Uh, you have BMX bikes. You have uh, uh, people on uh, inline skates, on scooters as well. So things with wheels. Um, but then you have that group that does the really weird stuff, and they'll take... Uh, like you said, a couch and so forth. What is that? Do they, does that crew have a name or? Uh, yeah, they're well, not not really. Nothing to say on, uh, on there. The a-holes. Uh, yeah, the, but they're generally our you know our college wrestlers, um, you know football players, guys that didn't quite make it, um, that didn't really want to get a real job. They're like, look, I'm super durable. What can I do? Yeah. They, they um, have nothing to live for, basically. No, no, no. But they, they can. You know, they want to travel around. They want to be part of this action. They, yeah. They've you know generally lived that lifestyle. Um, so in Nitro Circus, you can either do something that no one else in the world can do, or I wouldn't recommend this route. You can do something that no one else in the world is willing to, to do. do. Okay. And in that case, like this one guy is like, hey, I want to be part of the show, but I'm not good at anything and I'm super durable. So, and he's like, well, he's pretty small. So what we did is we put him on the back and on the shoulders of a guy that was riding bicycles. <gasps> yeah. And the guy on the bicycle does a backflip. Oh my God. And usually the guy on the back of the bicycle is 6'4", weighs about 200. And if he over-rotates, well, the guy basically drops not only from the big jump, oh, but Christ. goes over-rotates and the big guy, the 6'4", lands on him. And he's never been hurt. So we're like, we love you. This is great. Well, and you're... then we also put him in the front of a wheel. So he put him in a wheelbarrow. The same guy. The same guy. <laughs> he has like four stunts a night. This guy's great. Yeah. And uh, we put him in the wheelbarrow. And then the guy behind him goes down the 65-foot tall roll-in. Wow. Hits like 40 miles an hour in rollerblades, holding the handles of the wheelbarrow. <laughs> and, you know, he's like 50-50. It's great. Jesus. Is wheels okay. going to be part of this, by the way? Um, wheel, we're working with a new, it's like a rocket-powered towing system. Uh, so wheels is testing out right now in California to see uh, if he can hang on with his wheelchair and get up to, you know, 40 miles an hour. We had wheels in the studio last year, and uh, he totally won us over. He's just the coolest guy. for uh, Because, you know, I had asked why he was in the wheelchair. He said, well, I had spina bifida. And I go, what exactly does that mean for those who people, you know, people who may not know what spina bifida is, is spina bifida is and he just goes 
It has to do with like your spine and stuff. <laughs> that was his explanation of it all. I'm like, I love this please, guy. Please, please, we're not doctors. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> First time I met Wells, he's such a dry sense of humor, and he's over. They were always like, oh, you'll never make it in action sports. You can't do this. He's like, watch me. Yeah, you know, and he, I'll and do he it. has. And he yeah. goes to skate parks, but he was um, he crashed on this huge roll, and we're like, should we even let him do it? You know, this kid, yeah. you know, we can you know obviously do double backflips on his, his wheelchair, but this is he's going to hit 40 miles an hour on a standard wheelchair, like. We can't kill a kid in a wheelchair. That's yeah, just, yeah. That's, just, that's bad karma yes. all the way around. Yes. How, how so, do you? Uh, well, he okay. goes. You no, know, he goes down. He crashes, and we're like, "Oh no!" And he's just laying there. He's like, I, "I'll never walk again." I bet you that comes out often. I, when you're when you're interviewing or, or you're <laughs> someone coming in the show, is there is there one thing because you, you're looking for a different breed of person, someone who's going to push it as far as they can and keep pushing it. But do you ever have someone who go, who, who comes on, wants to come on board the show that's basically this guy's looking to kill himself. Like, you know, we, you, you're, someone appears so deranged. Or does you, that level even exist? No. Well, you, you, the thing is, everyone says you got to be crazy to be on Nitro Circus. But actually, you have to be really calculated to get good enough right. to do something. If you're crazy, you're just going to be injured all the time. Right. So, and everyone's like, oh, how do, how do we figure out? Like, how do we get to Nitro Circus? All parents are always, oh, my son's really good. Dude, if you're the best in the world at what you do, or you're doing something no one else is doing, you're pushing the envelope. But the biggest thing is passion. Yeah. Because there's a lot of great athletes out there. But when it comes down to it, Nitro Circus is a show. It's about the fans and the stands. And right. If you can get those guys on their feet you know whatever you do you got to be passionate about it it it's is good. so much fun gang you we're talking to travis pastrana if you just tune in travis had, I've had a, a number of texts coming up asking me to ask you about jumping out of a plane with no shoot it was kind of pass or fail i was always better at those tests <laughs> what is this I, i'm not familiar what happened uh well um i like to call it a, a, a product test uh, yes. you know they say red bull gives you wings so i jumped out of a plane <laughs> and um as it turns out it was kind of more like toy story it just helps you fall with style i, I needed my buddy to, to come down no way to put this um correctly but as he he mounted Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, it was as he had to. Right. Yeah. Um. It latched on. It was. It was. Yeah. Uh, probably the. You know. It was a very, very good feeling. Yes. Yeah, man. Oh, man. You yeah. had to because you figured that was your best chance at not dying. Right. Yeah. So what? I, I'm not familiar. What happens? So he jumps out and holds onto you and pulls his chute, or what? Um. Yeah. So basically, okay. I jumped out. I had a um, you know board shorts on, socks. That was it. You know. Um, you know, kind of like that. Uh, uh, that song, Scott I Have Naked from an Airplane, right, yeah, uh, Motley yeah. Crue. I always want to do that. Ever since seeing, uh, you know, if Johnny Utah could do it in Point Break, I mean, <laughs> right. really, how hard yeah, right. could it be? Right. Right. And, and when did they pull the shoot? They pulled the shoot just how, what was the altitude in there? No, I pulled a little higher. A than, little higher? Than, yeah. Old Swayze. Yeah. yeah, but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> how high up were you? Uh, well, the thing was, it was really cold. It didn't seem yeah. cold there, uh, but... You know, we were kind of overloaded in the playing, so we had camera equipment and stuff. Uh, so it took us like 45 minutes to get to 10,000. We were supposed to get to 12, and I was like, you know what? We're, we're good enough, guys. Yep. So then I did a couple flips. and uh, I'm, not, I'm nothing like you, but I have done skydiving. Preston, in case you have as well. And yes. I, it didn't um, occur to me, but it, it should have, I guess. But when you get to 12,000 feet, it is cold. You know, and it, it was on my birthday. It was July 20th, so I expected it to be warm up there. You're struck by... How cold it is when you jump out of the plane? Yeah, I figured it was probably more important to. Uh, you know, I should have brought more clothes. I was just, well, I, you know, <laughs> you we didn't really think this through that well. Yeah, yeah, you're making a statement now. As Nick has said, and I, I've done the tandem jump before, and and when you, I've done it twice, and when you pull the chute, yeah. It yanks the ever-living hell out of you. I mean, it's not a little tug. Especially it's, your crotch. It throws yeah. you off. Yeah. Like, what just happened? So anytime in any movie, a la Point Break or Kingsman the Secret Service, right. where there's somebody hanging on to the guy with the shoot We on, call it a Mr. Bill. It's got a name. A Mr. Bill? <laughs> yes. I've... I've never believed that that could actually be possible because of how hard you get yanked when the chute opens. No, well, the the thing is, you can actually 
pack the parachute to, to open really slow. But that all depends on aerodynamics. So okay. if it, if the you know if you're tumbling at all, which is really difficult when you have two people, uh, you drop much much faster. So you're dropping at 180 instead of 120, which makes it, it open harder. You have the two guys with you, so you had one guy. If the if the one guy had not been able to keep the grip, this I assume the other guy is your backup. Uh, no, I actually just had one guy that had just a shoot. one guy yeah. to shoot. All but right. the, the thing is, we start dropping really fast. So that one guy was actually trying to slow me down as much as possible right. and basically keep me balanced while mm-hmm. um, we, we got a really good hold. All right, so quick question. There are people, Preston, how much did you have to wrestle with the notion of stepping out with a tandem jump? I mean, oh, the, I mean yeah, I was terrified. All right, so I was absolutely terrified. Do you not feel anything as you're stepping out of a plane sans shoot. You know what scared me the most? Matt Hoffman, one of my heroes, always said, he goes, man, every time I put someplace really high, I just want to jump. I'm like, man, you're actually crazy. You should get that, like, look, checked out. <laughs> right, yeah. And I jumped out of the plane, you know, just in board shorts, and I scared myself because I'm like, this feels totally normal. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you were good with it. That's All right, crazy. so you're in a meeting, and this gets greenlit. I can jump out it of a plane. It does not get greenlit. Yeah. No, you did this without any... No, I actually paid, I mean... I had to get military guys. No one would do it. Even Red Bull, who's all into everything, they're like, "Look, you're not a professional." I mean, with all due respect, yeah. you suck at jumping out of a plane. Like, we're, you know, you're, you're not the best in the world at this. So uh, this didn't get greenlit. Um, I had to go down. I went down to Puerto Rico, which, unfortunately, as as my uh, geography wasn't the greatest, is still a uh, you know a U.S. territory and yeah. still got all the same fines and everything that right, I normally right, yeah. got out of here. But um, but no. So I basically said, "I'm going to do this," and I found a bunch of military guys that were like, "Well, if we lose our skydive license." We can still do halo jumps, so we don't really care. <laughs> right, yeah. And I figured, you know, never leave a man behind. I was like, these are my guys. Well, wow, wasn't the uh, the dude who did the um, from from the suborbital jump? That was was that was through Red Bull. That was Red, yeah. Yeah. very good yeah. name pool. Yeah, yeah, Felix is is awesome actually. But Felix, for for him, some of the gnarlier stuff that he's done has actually been the, the wingsuit stuff. Yeah. Um, what yeah. about you? What about you with that? I mean, because that uh, my wife won't let me. You, she really? said it's too dangerous. <laughs> How, relatively speaking, is that any worse than jumping out of a plane without a shoot on? I didn't know her then. <laughs> so what? What do you do? What I mean, from what, where did you start? Um, started motorcycles was my my biggest yeah. background. My mom raced motorcycles. My dad raced motorcycles. We went on camping trips every weekend. It's what we did as a family. All my, I have you know six uncles. They were I was the run of the family though, man. I literally yeah. my uncle was quarterback at Denver Broncos. I had two cousins that almost qualified for the Olympics. And like, well, uh, I'm sorry, he was a quarterback for the Denver Broncos. Yeah, it was right. Uh, it was sixty nine seventy right when it switched from AFL NFL. Mm-hmm. He uh, his claim to fame was he got knocked out by Bubba Smith, the uh, wow. yeah you know, the, the big guy on uh, on wow. from police, police academy. academy. Yeah, yeah, very good. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. All right, so motorcycles, then to... Um, motorcycles, um, and then every time I got hurt, uh, you know, you broke a wrist, you broke an ankle, you could still drive go-karts and stuff. So I started racing, you know, go-karts and, and cars kind of as, as fun things. I was hurt all the time. And then uh, X Games came around, and we really, we couldn't afford, I mean, it, motocross is an expensive sport. We had, my dad is a construction worker. Um, you know, all my uncles, they have a construction company, but real small stuff, so... You gotta um, lug that stuff around, you gotta maintain the equipment, you gotta get the equipment. Yeah, so they would basically all take pay cuts to get me to, like, the national championships just to... But I couldn't make money until I turned pro. Uh, so we went out and we did X Games as a way to be like, okay, well, at least we can we can afford to get you to the to the races if you do this kind of as a as a this is you know these tricks and anagans are never yeah, going to yeah. get you anywhere in life but we'll we'll do it <laughs> and they have and yeah well and then all of a sudden it blew up and it was bigger than racing and you know we were able to basically take it from there with the x games they were on fire for for a while and they there was a tremendous amount of folks i know that, you know it's still the deal have they hit a stasis or are they you know are, have they come down a bit in in 
popularity. Well, what, what's the status of the X Games? The really interesting thing for, for us in X Games is freestyle was all about freedom. It was about style. It was about culture. Right. It was about, you know, all the, the old videos, like you said, with Bam and the Crusty Demons of Dirt and all this yeah. stuff just showed this lifestyle that was just free. And then you take it, and to monetize it, you have to be able to put limits on it. You have to be able to put rules on it. Mm-hmm. Well, then it became like gymnastics. And, sorry, no kid that's getting up growing on a skateboard, you know, it, not, no offense, like gymnastics is a great sport. It's yeah. a very tough sport. Um, but now there's coaches, there's all kind of stuff. And everything that made this, this ADHD audience want to go out and, just be by themselves and now all of a sudden their parents are like yeah yeah here yeah. let's get a coach you know right. so it, it took a little bit of that out but that's Sucked the life out of it but that's it we need that but we also need nitro circus guys that are just like we don't care if you you know if you point your toes we don't get like if you <laughs> right, land right. a trick that's never been done if you try it we're yeah. gonna give you a high five right. yeah, yeah. yeah i you know listen i i love uh, how mainstream the the extreme sports has become because i mean it, it wasn't too long ago where there was the discussion on whether or not skateboarding or bmxing or any of that was was a sport yeah you know and and, and or before sh- snowboarding was in the olympics mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. things like that and I always said, like, take any quarterback, you know, professional quarterback and put him on a skateboard. And, and you tell me, you know, here, here's one, a, a world-class athlete. And tell me if they can do anything that these guys can Wait, do. Your, your wife is a skateboarder? Yeah, my wife's yeah, a skateboarder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, she's she's in, uh, yeah, she won circus. her first X Games uh, gold medal set uh, at 15. Wow. Remember 14. That, what, no, sorry. It, she beat me. That's was right. Back in, was it like 2000, the X Games were here in Philadelphia? Yeah. Remember down? Yeah. Down, I went to that. It was it, crazy. It, it 2000, was 2001. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But that was, you know, that was around that time when uh, freestyle motocross was just first getting in. I mean, you had Dave Mirage just doing the double backflip. I mean, now yeah. Jolene Van Voot on Nitrous, she... There's girls doing the tricks that were just thought such. I mean, not that that sounded. Yeah. Awful, I, I know what you're saying awful. though. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm sorry, That's I'm right, sorry, I'm sorry. Right. But I mean, I'm just saying like everything has evolved so far, um, and it's awesome. But we need to keep modifying the, the jumps and the ramps and keep having this this freedom to go out there. Yeah. Uh, I need to ask you. You know, you had mentioned the uh, the ramp, the 37 foot tall ramp with a 78 degree uh, um, ramp at the end of it. Um, when you when you guys right before you go up, I mean, you said that's almost vertical, and if you're doing sixty miles an hour at that moment when you make that turn to go up, how many G's are you pulling? It's got to be we a lot. Don't have a, a G monitor, but that was the the interesting thing because we had an Olympic snowboarder that's a good motocross rider. Uh, he came out, and he's like, "I want to hit it, I want to hit it." We're like, "Ah, uh, yeah, uh, all right," because we had at this point we had a, a bag landing, so okay. we had a really big airbag. Yeah. Well, he hits it, and his legs. I mean, this is a pretty strong guy, completely compressed. And as he sat down, it just bounced him even. You know, like when you see bounce a jump. I don't know if anyone rides yeah. motorcycles, but you get bounced even higher up. Yeah. So he didn't make the distance. So he jumps. Off of the motorcycle, and he's going hard right. He actually kicks a tree. This is we have footage of this, so it's go to nitrocircus.com. dot We'll see it in action yeah. figures. Yeah. But he jumps off the motorcycle to make the distance. Jumps off of a tree to get back to the to the side. So he corrects, he corrects his his twice, trajectory twice off Holy. the motorcycle. He pushed to the tree off the tree, and this is when? you know this when is eighty. This it's eighty feet in the air. This is right before the Olympics. Thank goodness, because I mean, someone would have been really upset right, for that. That's yeah. a, that's a it's a an eight it's an eight story building. Yeah, you know. If I recall, and he made it. Was it in your backyard where somebody you had a foam pit and somebody was doing a uh, motorcycle? Was that you? No, no, missed I've never pit? missed my foam pit. But a really fat friend, to, uh, Tommy, <laughs> he uh, he had so much he just went too far. Uh-huh. He he, uh, oh, he tried his GSXR like a street bike, yeah. and he's like, "Oh, I'm going to do a backflip." Well, he grabbed a handful, and it just again the seat bounce thing uh-huh. catapulted him straight in the air. He was. 
you know, probably 40 feet above the ground and just landed flat on his back. Wait, hey, when, you, when you're bike, if it's a motorcycle, you, you'll try that on a foam pit first? or um, We start either foam pits or airbags. Now we got bag landings. It's just how, do you get a, how do you get a motorcycle out of a foam pit? You got a, a crane. A crane? No yeah. kidding. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's a full, like, it's a process. So you, have wow. the, you have all the tech and all this stuff that, and, and you're, I mean, you, do you have any understanding of, of mathematics and, and all that stuff as well? Because what is is there a holy grail in ramp height? Is there some, you know you, you just keep upping it by ten feet, ten feet, or will it, there it, be it, a it, point it, where you top out? Yeah, of course, but it evolves depending on the tricks that you want to do. Yeah. Um, Red Bull was awesome with the New Year's No Limits. They actually brought smart people in. It was amazing. <laughs> They're like, yeah, you should ca- you should go this distance, this speed. Yeah. They can calculate it pretty quick. Well, there was a ten mile an hour headwind after lunch. Hit it again, doing the – we had a, a world record car jump set at like 270 feet. Right. So we were doing the last practice jump, and 10-mile-an-hour headwind, didn't think much of it. Well, the car affects much differently than a motorcycle. Motorcycle yeah. literally cuts through. A car does not. Landed short, bounced. I mean, this is a half-million-dollar car. End for end down the back. I'm laying there half-concussing the physicist, like, you know, mathematicians. Like, yeah. yeah, that's pretty much what we thought was going to happen. I was like, well, th- <laughs> thanks me. for the information. Yeah. That was a great 10 minutes ago. There's, wow. a, Jesus. there's a place in Ohio called uh, Ohio Dreams. Uh, I don't know if you've ever. It's just this giant water slide that uh, that people go and do flips and stuff off of. It's awesome. Yeah, you've oh done it. Well, no, we went to the Olympic, um, the, like the ski park, and oh, okay. uh, we did uh, did all kinds of rafts and stuff off of that. Wow. Sweet. All right. Well, listen, I cannot uh, more highly recommend Nitro Circus Live. I did it last year. Was pleasantly surprised, blown away. We talked about it for weeks, and I took a little video and showing everybody, dude, look what we went to. This is amazing. Nitro Circus Live. Great to have you here this morning. Hey, thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate y'all. Yeah. Travis. We're going to take a break. We'll come back in a second. We'll be right back. Listen to all the WMMR podcasts as well as a live stream on your Alexa-enabled device. Just say, Alexa, open MMR. Diamond jewelry doesn't have to be expensive. Have fun buying jewelry for someone you love and don't hate the price you pay. Feel the difference online at IHateStevenSinger.com with free shipping. Buy real diamonds from a real jeweler. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre Final. An Augusta, Georgia woman was arrested after he attacked her boyfriend for re- refusing to have sex with her. Show me the picture of this well, woman. Well, why wouldn't anyone want to have sex oh, with this right. beauty? Oh, Jeez. good Lord. What happened to her mouth? Look at her mouth. I, don't, I think she's rat girl. I think she That lo- is disgusting. Uh, to, to give the listening audience at home an idea of what this woman looks like, put a, put a wig on Bruce Dern and punch him in the mouth. <laughs> no. He, that, that's, he's prettier. That's too hot. This is- I saw this woman. Steve, you heard me react this morning when I saw it's this disgusting. show. I'm, I'm like... Butt ugly is the only thing that comes to oh, my mind. Oh, is that what you were talking about? Yes. When you said this woman is butt ugly? Yeah, no, I, she looks like, us, as my father used to say, a smashed ass. Uh, Tabitha Lee Groom. <laughs> I mean, she's got she's got the, a grill that you would only associate with, like, a possum. Yeah. Uh, she uh, she came home around 1.30 in the I evening. I don't you want to make love. On June 24th and attacked her boyfriend while he was sitting on the couch. I'm feeling horny. She said she was angry that he refused her advances earlier that day, so she scratched him on the face, head, and neck. Do me a favor, sweetie. Let me just go blind myself. I'll be right back. And then she bit him on the arm. 
uh, which spread God only knows how many diseases. I don't know about that mouse, Ben. Uh, he ran into the bathroom, called 911. When deputies responded to the house, Did grooms... they send animal control? Grooms would not give her name at first and threatened to run over a deputy with a baby stroller. Uh, she admitted that she had been drinking, by the way. Mm. Uh, grooms also punched her 66-year-old mother in the eye during the ordeal. I like how she has the ombre going, though. Uh, she was arrested. <laughs> she had time to get her hair done. Yeah. She was arrested and charged with simple battery family violence. If I was a dentist, that would be my... The career. My pro, No, my pro bono work. I would say, come, come here. Come uh, let sit me, down. Let me in help my, you. I'm no, going to help you. I'm going to fix whatever that mess is on the inside of your mouth. I'm closing my practice. I have one patient now. Yeah. Forever. Forever. Uh, this story is out of the Daily News, uh, and this is... Um, uh, staff writer Stephanie Farr wrote this uh, story, and uh, I've just got to give her credit because she uses okay. a, a few little um, uh, euphemisms in this. A Delaware County man has filed a federal lawsuit claiming that the cops who arrested him for public drunkenness in 2012 were real ball busters because they tased his testicles huh. while he was handcuffed in the back of a police cruiser. Uh, oh, my balls! In the suit, Cain uh, Brown of Glen Olden claims that the lasting effects of the tase to his testes are driving him nuts. <laughs> oh! But an attorney for one of the defendant officers says the claim is poppycock. Uh-huh. And that the officer tased Brown in his thigh, not his gonads. Uh, Brown is seeking more than $1 million for the damages he claims to have suffered uh, to his family jewels. Penis dong schlong. These. (laughs) (laughs) Give up. (laughs) The suit, uh, which was filed in October, is scheduled for a settlement conference next month, according to uh, court records. Where was he at? The Red Lantern, by any chance? Um, It doesn't say. Doesn't? Okay. Why? I was just wondering. He was from Glen Olden. I was just wondering. What bar was he at for public drunk? Because I know Delco, like the back of his nuts. <laughs> you know the back of his nuts. Yeah. Very well. Very well. When you have them draped across your forehead. You're pretty, you get pretty uh, familiar. I know that. I'm still I know thinking. That, I know that mushroom. I'm still thinking about the teeth. They're nasty. <laughs> a South Carolina, uh, a South Carolina couple forced their teenage daughter to live in the woods because she snacked on a Pop-Tart without their permission. You get out and live in the woods now. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Yeah. James and Crystal Diggers were arrested on child neglect charges after deputies found the 14-year-old camping alone on Friday. Can you go back to the other story, Preston? Real quick. I grabbed the article from you. uh, First... Paragraph. The incident in question began when police were called to a fight at the Red Lantern Tavern in Glen Olden. There about you go. 2 he got it. <laughs> right. Wait, so, did he say that originally? Yeah. He did. He, he was wondering. Casey can pretty much, if, if there's a, an area in Delco that where there's a bar fight has erupted, he can pick the bar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially wherever the back of that guy's nutsack was. Yeah, right. he knows that That's too. Right. Yeah. Smells like the back of that. <laughs> that smells, it smells sack. like the back of your nuts. Delco. <laughs> Delco. All right, now back to the other story now Delco. with the uh, Pop-Tart Wilderness Girl. Yeah, James and Crystal Diggers were arrested on child neglect charges after deputies found their 14-year-old camping alone Friday, two days into her, we- the Pop-Tart. Into her week-long punishment. You go live in the woods now. Uh, the girl was sent to a tent about a quarter mile from her home, and her parents gave her just a flashlight, a single roll of toilet paper, a whistle, 
and a watch for I'll teach you to eat breakfast pastries. The seven day camp out. The forest is known for its wild hog population too. You, you can live on a diet of wild hog. Uh, the for girl, all I care. The girl was told to meet someone at a fence at a specific time each day to get food. If she didn't show up at the right time, she wouldn't eat. Her parents allegedly told her. The fence man with the food will be around there noon, right noon to 1 o'clock. Uh, thunderstorms battered county the county Thursday night, the first night of the camping sentence. The girl slept in the tent during the downpour. Uh, the reason for the bizarre camp out, because the girl ate a Pop-Tart without a permission. Without permission, the couple told investigators. And this isn't the first time that James and Crystal have banished their daughter from their home. Last month, she was forbidden from eating from entering the house between 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. as another form of punishment. Uh, they have five children. Uh, the girl's in custody of South Carolina Department of Social Services, and her four siblings are now living. We'll put our youngest boy down for eating a ring ding. With their grandparents. <laughs> put him down. <laughs> and then. Good for nothing. Finally, uh, let's. And, well, you know what? I kind of partially told the story. Of the guy with the selfie stick. So why don't I get to that? All right. Yeah, a man who was struck and killed by lightning is reported to have been hit by the bolt because he was carrying a selfie stick. So the was he using it at the time or he yeah. just simply had it on him? I'm not really sure. Two men died and a further two were injured in uh, Brecken Beacons Mountain Range. Brecken Beacons. <laughs> Brecken Beacon, Beacon. to Brecken Beacons. Uh, My name's Brett Boffman. On Sunday. It's a blinking beacon. <laughs> it's a blinking blinking. And separate incidents where a when a thunderstorm broke out on it. Sources close to the rescue teams claim one of the dead men may have been struck because he was carrying a selfie stick. And yes, yeah, Steve, I don't know if he was taking photos with it at the time or not. Uh, Mark Jones from Brecken Beacons Mountain Rescue. <laughs> yeah, that's Bert Baffle at Brecken Beacons Mountain. <laughs> said that one of the victims was reached by a doctor within 25 minutes because the rescue team was already out on the range so we, on a training exercise. When you were out, to, not to digress here, but when you were out in uh, Wyoming, yeah. uh, how far were you from the closest hospital where something to happen? I, something did happen. Somebody broke their leg before we got there. Um, the closest close hospital would have been in Jackson probably. So about so an hour? An hour and 45 minutes. Oh, wow. Oh, hour yeah. 45. Yeah. So you'd have to, you'd have to airlift. If somebody if it was serious, you'd have to airlift. Absolutely. Yeah. So, That's wild. Yep. It's not uh, like Brecken Beacon. No, Brecken Beacon's a little more accessible. It only took them 25 minutes. Uh, the two men who died were hit in separate lightning strikes on the mountain while uh, the other two men were hospitalized with their injuries. And there you go. That is what I have for you. In the Bizarre File, we'll be right back. What's new? Glad you asked. Disturbed. Revivalists. Motionless and white. New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. What's going on this morning, Steve? Well, Azalea Binks blasted the MTV VMAs after receiving no nomination, saying that America hates opinionated black women. Banks later had to retract the statement after learning it's actually her specifically that America hates. Hey! Kim Kardashian is sharing a series of makeup-free photos from a recent Vogue Spain shoot saying the true beauty is inside. In fact, Kim says you can actually see some of that inside if you watch her sex tape. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. Awesome. 
And finally, the Scientology Center in Hollywood is running a summer movie night presentation of Top Gun to honor its highest profile member, Tom Cruise. Cruise says PCs and SCs will be the SFs for the night, or in layman's terms, popcorn and snow caps will be the snack food. Oh. <laughs> and that's your Hollywood trip. Next guest is a comedian. He's an author. He's a TV guy. He's a movie guy. He's done all kinds of stuff, and he helps ladies out all over this country, and we have an example of that here in just a moment, and not just ladies. Let's welcome Gregory Barrett to the program. Hey. How you doing, Greg? Yeah, very good. Very Excellent. Good. Thanks for coming in, man. Yeah, thank you for having me. Appreciate it. So, did I get all that right? I'm going to make sure I give you all yeah. your accolades correctly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you did. did the, there was too many. Okay, sorry. <laughs> There's too that. many so Which one should be eliminated? <laughs> all of them. <laughs> Stand-up comedian is what, what? I, is what I is what I do. Stand-up that's, comedian. That's, I mean, that was my, that's my main that's my main gig. Yeah. But I, I did that for 15 years before I stumbled into the relationship book. Thing. Yeah, let me roll down the, the, uh, the reason I said the author yeah. and, and all these yeah. other things is because I wrote he, the Da Vinci Code. He wrote that. <laughs> A lot of people was, know. Damn, that was yep, good. Thank you. And then I just wrote, I just finished Fifty Shades. Of, so I, I write a lot of stuff for women. <laughs> you use pseudonyms then. I do. Obviously. I okay, use a lot yeah. of ladies' names. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, he's just not that into you. That's right. I wrote that. Was absolutely huge. That. Right when it came out, yeah, boom, it, it really took well. off, man. Yeah, it did very well. Thanks to Oprah. Well, yeah. we were talking about um, when was the last time you were here, right before we went on air. And, and I went back and scrolled through our website. And I, I think you've been here since then. But uh, the last entry that I put on the website to promote you, Greg, was... Greg is a great comedian and has a band, The Reigning Monarchs, and, and then it says, check out their MySpace. So that was, <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? That check was, out uh, their uh, MySpace. That was 2009, so maybe yeah, that was yeah, the first yeah. time you yeah, were Yeah, we had here. a pretty great MySpace page. <laughs> uh, you can still go over there. MySpace is just a tenement building, uh, and, you, it, and it people is. buy crack there, and you can hear gunshots. It's very sad. You go there. It's just all burned out. Oh, was it Justin it Bieber to be trying so to make right. a, a bid to get that back up and running and make, make it a music site? I guess it now is more a sort of a, a music. I, th- I don't know it? what it is. We got conned into joint rejoining a little while ago. And yeah, yeah, nothing yeah. happened. It's nothing just happened. A, yeah, yeah. That was just it. Just failed. Does just, the band still say. exist though? Yeah, the band is doing very well. Oh, okay. Yeah, the band's doing very very well. You, re- you reinvigorated. And now I've gone it. solo from the band. Okay, it's the King Sweater. Well, I, when I in 1985, I went to Japan. This is a quick story. I went to Japan to play rockabilly and expat bars as a as a, a, the King Swinger. Right, that right, was right. my name. And when I got there, all the posters said the King Sweater. <laughs> So I've re <laughs> that is awesome. I've re I brought that name back and I perform the King Sweater. The King Sweater. Yeah. Is that cool to have a, a kind of a, a, a stage name, a stage persona? Are I you would you? I'd pre- I would rather just be the King Sweater. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or Saint Vincent. Yeah, I like I like a stage name. That's Greg cool. Barron's all right. Barron's not a great show business name. Yeah. No, no, difficult, difficult. Well, listen, I want I want to make sure I we... should have changed it to Dane Cook when I had the chance. <laughs> <laughs> that's, those are two. That's, get... Those are that's eight letters, man. That yeah, happens. You, you sort of look cookish. You get confused. Dane Cook's a name that you would give that guy a gig without the without yeah. even hearing it. It's like Dane Cook seems like he should be here tomorrow night. Why not? <laughs> eight letters. Have him in. Have him in. It worked for him. Yeah. Well, I I want to introduce you to uh, one of our favorite uh, people. She helps out with us in in so many ways. She's been and a calendar girls of, our, of ours, and she uh, she's helped us out with our uh, presidency of Totally Office calendars that we have every year. But she made it a point to be here this morning to meet you because you've helped her. This is Angela Perfetto, who we welcome to lovely Angela. Hi. And Hi. Angela, why was so Greg so important to you? Um, because he helped me get through my first heartbreak when I was younger. Yeah. And I read the book, and it said, you know, if the guy... If the guy likes you, he will call you. He will make it a point to see you no matter what. And if he doesn't like you, he's not going to do it. So it's like stop trying to chase these guys down because if he likes you, he will make it a point to see you. So I was like, 
that is so right. Like, Which, by the way, almost like, you know any what? dude in this room could have told you that. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Every <laughs> single dude in this room already sure, knew yeah. that years ago. But that, but yeah. But we but, didn't want to turn off any girls that we might actually get laid with by it. saying that. That's right, 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 so, right, 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 you know? right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was already married when I said it. So <laughs> it was years of time. You were clear. I was yeah. in the clear. It yeah, was good old-fashioned, just plain, yeah. straight-up advice. It just came from me actually yeah. giving a girl at work the same advice. That's how it started. When I was right, when I was a consultant on Sex in the City, and one of the girls was seeing a guy that didn't want to sleep with her and I thought well that's problematic yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. if you don't want to sleep with the girl maybe you don't you know what I'm saying yeah. like if you're seeing a guy and he's married to somebody else bad choice yeah yeah just yeah. bad for dating <laughs> It is. Uh, and that's and basically what the book was meant to be. Very funny, like that very just sort of light, you know what I mean? Like basic, because I'm not a therapist or yeah. anything, certainly. And but, I wouldn't take advice from a guy with blue hair and a <laughs> scarf on indoors. No, but has, that's only know. because I'm 50 and I didn't feel like ironing my neck. The point is. <laughs> no, but but, he, but you, get, you get these encounters with the people like Angela yes. all the time now, yeah. right? Yeah, I have for a long time. It's very nice. Yeah. I, I was walking with a... With one, I was in Chicago and I was with the owner of the club and we were walking down the street and a girl walked up and was like teary-eyed and said, oh my God, you changed my life. And the guy said, you know, that's never happened to me with any other comic I've been with. And I go, yeah, but I also just wish she'd come up and say, you're so funny. <laughs> I'm happy to save your life, but yeah. man, you are so I am funny. so funny. No, you know, it helped me out, help my friends out as well that you know, have not read the book. And I always say you could be the prettiest girl or you can have the best job, make money, like sports. But if you don't have that connection with someone, it's not going to work out. Right. Like you can have a connection with a guy, but if a guy doesn't have the same thing back, it's not going to work out. So mm-hmm. move on. He's not the only guy in the world. No, there's a Go lot out of them. and find another one. Yep, yeah. there's, a le- eight, there's at least eight other guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's at least eight other men. Yeah. You know, the yeah. humor, though, you talk about being funny, and the, the humor of that source material comes from the, the, the overtly candid nature of what you were saying. A lot of times right. that's just cutting to the chase. It just catches people, and they're like, yeah, exactly. Because I know a number of women who read the book, and you you had a you, you had your talk show for a while as well, which yeah, was yeah, yeah. Uh, you know ministering to uh, to to women likewise yeah. and just general, general issues. What was your experience with, with that doing doing the talk show? I didn't like that part of it. Yeah. I like writing a book and letting it lay there. I didn't right. like going on. I don't want to be. I don't want to stand on point and tell people what to do with their lives. Sure. I didn't enjoy that at all. Huh. I just wanted, but that was the only TV show I was being offered. So I was like, well, maybe I could turn it into something. But then you end up just counseling people. I'm like, that's not what I got into this to do. Was that an Oprah, so, an Oprah production? No, uh-uh, which okay. is probably why it failed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and also I was on it. But the, <laughs> so unfair to myself. Well, what did that? What did that success do for you? And do to you well i mean you know obviously there you know we still write books yeah. we did a life class last year we wrote it we're, we're in the middle of writing a book right now called how to keep your marriage from sucking yeah um, from two people whose marriage has sucked at times <laughs> for real but um but it we made it stand up a little bit it, it sort of messed up the, it didn't mess it up it just a lot of people will come out to see me do stand up expecting to you know hear relationship stuff and i've never done relationship stuff i've always just talked about being old and yeah. playing in bands and, you know, just whatever is on my plate at the moment. You know yeah. what I mean? And if a relationship thing wandered into my act, it was only, it was genuine, but it was never, I wasn't like, let's all have Cosmos and beat on guys. Like, I, you know. Girls. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's, uh, let's right. dish. Yeah. No, right. I was familiar with your, your stuff and I knew that you're, it's, it's that dichotomy because your stand up is your stand up and this is a different part of your career, but it, yeah. when you get branded, it's hard to shake that. In the old days, yeah. I think now because of Twitter and yeah, because yeah. of all the social media, you can have four careers going at once and people get it you know i play in a band now i i still write books i do stand up people come out they know i had a podcast for a little while like 
people get what you're into, but that's you know because you know does, uh, they, they have the opportunity to. Does King Sweater uh, make his way into your stand up occasionally? The King Sweater. I talk about the King Sweater yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah. in my yeah because yeah. it's funny that I went there and had a mohawk and used to spray paint it silver because I didn't realize you could dye it and then I got I had to go to the hospital because <laughs> I closed all the. I, Spray painted it. Yeah, Japanese spray paint and then closed all the pores on my head and then had to be rushed to the hospital because I had infected my skull. Did you ever see Goldfinger? You know, the, the class. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I half killed myself. <laughs> I didn't go all the way, but I like, I did. And they're like, what do you, you know, you can dye your, you know, Dude, I'm not a yeah. bright, I'm not a genius in a lot of, I could have used your help at that point. We could have been a team. Well, well, Bond explains in Goldfinger that they, they uh, I guess that, you know, they, Goldfinger kills one of the women by covering her in, in gold paint and that uh, dancers will do the body paint, but they leave a patch open in the ba- in the lower back so the skin can breathe. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and so you all, you see you were starting to basically kill your I wish somebody would close the hole on the yeah. Blue Men group. <laughs> Why would I say that? I don't have anything wrong with the Blue Men group. Why do I want one of those guys to die? It just seemed like a funny thing to say. Uh, by the way, Angela is a hairstylist and she could color your hair. I'm sure you I would Michael love- Lavender this weekend. Okay. Oh, yeah, let's I, do don't, it. I don't know about that. So, yeah. curious thing about I, I'm fascinated with Japanese culture. Would love to go to Japan. I yeah. just it, I, the, the trip is the length of the trip is the uh, But this was in the 80s, so I barely remember it. Oh, like really? this was yeah, yeah, yeah. It okay. was in the 80s. Because there are certain things over the show, there. The, I do a one-man show about it, and the show starts off, people rarely keep the promises that they make on cocaine. <laughs> and so, <laughs> yeah. And I had said one night at a Go-Go's concert, I'm going to go to Japan and have big hair, which was the plan. Not even to play music. Yeah. And then, you know, so that was years ago. But And that's actually a descri- That's the Wikipedia description of the 80s was, I was at the Go-Go's on cocaine. Nice. <laughs> that's funny. Because well. they, they do embrace uh, weird Western culture things that they, that they just run like you know that there, there are certain things that they take from us that they just run with and they do it better yeah yeah they turn it around like if you look at the stray cats for instance the stray yeah. cats are a japanese version of an american rockabilly band that's what the japanese would have done with it huge hair tattoos makeup right. like they just take it they make it more fun because that's they're cool. japanese <laughs> they're cool. adorable hey did you almost kind of sort of have a song that was on the pretty in pink soundtrack that's the the song cake box was uh on the soundtrack and then taken off when they changed the end of the movie which as you know they changed the ending of the movie originally uh um, uh, he, she ends up with Ducky. Yeah, yeah. And they didn't like the ending. He didn't even, and so they changed the ending. And they took and the they song. They took off. the song. It was out. only on for two weeks, but that was happening when I was in Japan. So part of me thinks, did it really? Because <laughs> right, did that really happen? Sure. What was it? The paint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But the song's <laughs> called Cake Box, and I get the rights back to it this year, which I did. I sold the rights to the song and yeah. the name, the King Sweater, and the pomade, which I made to a Japanese cosmetics company and then they hired someone else to be the king sweater and that was the end of it. I got fi- I got fired from my own name and I I went can't home. even follow all of that. I know um, who can? What? The pomade so, you yeah. made pomade. Yeah, I made my own pomade because I could didn't I stopped spray painting my hair. <laughs> I'm not a bright. Look. I need to make my own pomade. <laughs> How do you make pomade? Yeah. Beeswax and some other stuff. I can't remember. I learned like somebody there showed me how to do it, but it was like a beeswax and and um, uh, I don't know some oils, some, some stuff. stuff. So it's your it's your patented method of making pomade, and you you will then now I get the rights back to you that. You get it back. Yeah, so I don't know that anyone's going to be interested, but I'll have that to, back, and then I'll get the song cake box back. Which do you stand to make any any decent money off that? Gonna, Nothing. No, okay. Nobody's going to. Do you remember how to? Make I mean, it. unless I, unless some people get excited about it and want to suddenly wear silver pomade <laughs> and listen to a song that sounds like a bad Billy Idol outtake. <laughs> so you're There's saying a song called Cake Box about literally about liking a cake. When I went, I had to. 
I went there to just be the like the the Japanese Link Ray. I just sure. wanted to play instrumentals. And they're like, right. you can't go there and not have songs. So I did some covers, and I wrote a song called Cake Box because I thought, why not have an original? And it's literally about seeing a cake box and wanting to have what's inside of it and then sharing it with somebody. <laughs> I'm not Dylan. I never said I was Bob Dylan. <laughs> Thanks, Royal. Um, did, did you learn a big lesson from this whole thing of selling everything away mm. and then i mean even well though. learn japanese okay. because when you sign a japanese contract you should know what it says and um uh uh no you know i was young i needed the money to go home right. and then start this other career do you know who megan i've Trainer always is? been like i've always say it again do you know who megan trainer is I, uh, she's no. the all about that bass girl Oh, yeah, I, okay. I know who that is. Right. So, my sisters, my daughters, my sisters, my daughters. So, I shouldn't call them my sisters. <laughs> I'm not good at family. I forget who everybody is. I forget the roles all wow. the time. They are. That, I need to grow up. Yeah. I really need to grow up. Maybe I shouldn't be dyeing my hair, painting my fingernails at 52. What does your wife say? Is she like, oh, my God, what are yeah, you doing? Yeah, she just puts up with it. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, you need a new coat of uh, nail polish. They're tipping this off needs to like come crazy. off and stay off. This was Christmas. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Well, anyway, yeah. Megan Trainer. Uh, yes. she's the all about that bass girl. She writes a song, performs it, and then some record company wants to come in and buy it from her. Right. So that, like, a Rihanna or somebody could do it. And she could have made a ton of money off yeah. of that, but then she said, now... I'm going to do it myself, yeah. and, and now she's She just, made a ton of money. She made a ton of money. Yeah, she's Macklemore. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the way to do it. You know, own the rights to it. You can borrow it. You can sure. loan it to him. I sold the rights to He's Just Not That Into You to New Line to make a movie out of. Right, right. I mean, that's basically what they do, and that's why they make it whatever they want, because they now they own it for a while. You were said you, they can have it. Were you ever offered a sitcom? Oh, yeah, I've had a few development deals for sitcoms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. I don't, I'm not, I don't like, uh, acting is not my... Is that your thing? I just don't get, yeah, it doesn't, yeah. I prefer to, I, this year I worked on a show for Oxygen and I learned how to direct and that's what I want to do next is really? okay. yeah, direct. When, when the movie was made, did you, I mean, was that a good windfall for you? I mean... Yeah, it was good, it was great. great. Yeah, and then I was, and they put me in the film, which is the most yeah. unwarranted cameo in the history of filmmaking. <laughs> it's just, it sticks out like the thor- <laughs> the sorest of thumbs. It's a beautiful it's cast. Like, it's yeah. a great cast. Yeah, There's yeah. no reason for me to be amongst that crowd. I don't need to mess up the Bradley Cooper next to the Justin Long next to the I mean Stop come on Scarlett Johansson yeah. Scarlett Johansson in yeah. the pool yeah 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 it was, it was, like that cast is insane the movie did okay but when you look at the cast and how far everyone in the cast has come yeah yeah and Kevin Connolly's in there it's good <laughs> yeah. no that's cool it's a it's a good step off when you were starting in comedy you were uh, you lived with David Cross for a while Cross and I were roommates yeah and uh-huh. when he was when he had just started doing Mr. Show He'll, hilarious guy but he seems yeah. like he might be a bit high strong yeah no he's just you know he's an antagonist is he yeah, yeah but a great roommate yeah, it, okay. really like for a guy who's uh, for a guy who's a bit of an anarchist he's like super neat is it? like yeah a little ocd the neat anarchist neat yeah, yeah he's a neat anarchist he's a tidy punk is what i call him i love tidy punks I, my favorite thing about punk rock is when you go to a punk rock store and yeah. there's a big anarchy a on the door and then it's right next to the hours of operation right yes that doesn't make sense does <laughs> no rules but we open at nine and on sundays we open at 11 and you can't bring your drinks in here what right, right. yeah you can't even make a mess that's not punk so are you are you uh, are you one of these Hardcore vinyl guys? Are you a vinyl snob? No, because no, I sold all my vinyl in the eighties because I had a drug problem. So I wish I love it. I yeah. would like. I, I I'm down with it. I like that people buy it, but girl, like the kids, my my daughter's age are buying cassettes now, so I'm lost. I don't know yeah, what anyone's doing are, anymore. Cassettes are now trendy. You know you know well, I like the idea was, that um... they've gone to like if you want an album. 
to me, that's like, you know what? This is a better experience musically. I think we all kind of agree. Right, yeah. Albums are warm and different, and it's a different experience. If you want a cassette, now that's like buying Pabst Blue Ribbon. You're just trying to buy something <laughs> bad because you think it's cool. <laughs> that's it. That's right? It. You're no, dead on, Right? Man. He's just drinking Pabst. When I was a kid, people, you would you go, no, nah, I don't want to get that drunk. Like, I don't need that hot. I don't need, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Pabst was a beer you didn't drink, and now it's like, yeah, man, it's cool. Well, but talking hang about- on. Pabst has won gold medals at the the uh, the beer. GABF, the, yeah. G- yeah, the uh, Great American Beer Festival. This is a you know a blindfolded taste test by professionals. Look, the dudes in the parking lot where I went to high school said no. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't know, I don't need professionals. Yeah, yeah, I know they I were know. unimpressed. Yeah, we're just talking about uh, pop culture influencing sales and things like that. The re- part of the reason why there's a, a spike in cassette sales was Guardians of the Galaxy, and that became a popular True. soundtrack. Oh, I love that True. movie. Isn't it great? Yeah, I love Bradley that Cooper's movie. In that too, yeah. Yeah, of course Bradley Cooper's in that. Bradley <laughs> yeah. Cooper's in everything. Oh, are you happy, Bradley? And you want to know what else? I know him a little bit. Also nice. Go to hell. Yeah. <laughs> and speaks French. Oh, and, yeah. 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 Oh, you remember my name? Go to hell. <laughs> uh, by the way, talking about, uh, you know, just, you know, kids. I, I, the other day, we were supposed to watch The Flash. Yeah. I told my daughter, because it's on at 8 o'clock and she goes to bed at 7.30, I told her that I was going to tape The Flash. Yeah. Oh, my God. She's like, I don't, what do you mean you're going to tape The Flash? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I hear my son, my my yeah. my son, who's seven, in the other room, go. How can you tape a TV show? Wow. How do you put tape on a TV show? Or, or you'll yeah. you'll see it all the time, case where the or at at events, people have their iPhones, and you can tell how old somebody. I'm, let me film you. No, let me film you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, I know. It's all yeah. it's all changed. But it's, what do you say? Well, here, let me get you in binary code. Hang on. <laughs> Let's get some zeros and ones on this. Let's get some zeros and ones all up in this. Right, Let's make yeah. a bunch of zeros and ones that go in a circle. You want to? <laughs> yeah, have their heads explode. Yeah. Now, the, the vinyl's making such a comeback that I think they reinstituted a, a chart for sales. Really? Uh, for yes. vinyl sales, yeah. I, yeah. Just, I find that it's, I, I think it's, I love going to a record store. I don't, I don't really have any records anymore, but I, I love to, I love the vibe of it. Yeah. But I, it's also a platform. I, I, my guess is you don't suffer the overly trendy too well, correct? No, I mean, yeah. look, if I had, it's an expensive habit to have. Yeah, yeah. And it's also like, I don't know when that point in the day comes when I'm going to drop the needle. <laughs> right, you yeah. know what I mean? As opposed to like just throwing, and I am I play music. And yeah. so you'd think I'd be like that, but I'm like, it just is, it's an extravagance. And it, I guess I would do it if I, sure if I had no job <laughs> right, or nothing to do, but I'd rather, right, yeah. you know what I mean? I don't mind. I'm not, I'm not such an audiophile that I can't enjoy it. I sometimes just hold my iPhone to my head. Like I'm not a genius, but that's like AM radio that I grew up with. So sure. it's fine with me. Yeah. Uh, do you, being in the music business, as long as you have, do you have any, uh, do you have any well-known music buddies? You got any people that I do. Have been, I have a couple successful? of, I have a couple of pretty successful friends. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, pretty friendly with Dave Grohl. Oh, nice. We have kids in the same school, and oh, he's very lovely, and he has worn, um, I for a while I had a little t-shirt company in my garage that made t-shirts for all my various ventures, so he's worn Raining Monarchs, which is my other band. He's worn Raining Monarchs t-shirts. He, oh, wore, awesome. he wore one from my podcast on The Last Letterman. Oh, you got to get a King sweater uh, shirt on. Uh, they, yeah, I'm going to get him a King. I'll, I'll yeah. get him one. He'll wear it. He yeah. does it. He's very, very sweet. He seems really he's very, very sweet. And Tom, Tom Morello. Tom Morello. Another nice guy. Very, very sweet. Super funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, a, lot, oh. a lot less serious in person than you would think he'd be. His um, introduction into the Hall of Fame for for Kiss was, was awesome. Oh yeah, fantastic. he sits on the board. Oh, he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have fights all the time because I'm like, you're not no ska bands, and he's like, don't even look at me like that. <laughs> I'm <laughs> like, really, not even the specials? No, not at all. Fishbone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fishbone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, who, who, who besides the ska bands? Who, who's in a? Uh, where's a glaring example? Who is Link the, Ray? 
Okay. Link Ray invented distortion. Link Ray invented the guitar that everybody plays. Link Ray is such a giant omission that it makes me furious. Okay. I can't even be funny about it. If you don't know who he is, he wrote the song Rumble, which you've heard in a million movies. Yeah. And Jack the Ripper and Comanche. And he, he, he put a pencil in a speaker cone and invented distortion. And he's not even close to being in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, That's Rumble's why. a great song, man. Great and you song. hear it and you're like, wait, I know that tune. Who I, is it? Yeah, yeah. I gotta hear it. He's incredible. Um, Marissa, he's incredible. On the Pulp Fiction that. soundtrack? On the Pulp Fiction soundtrack, yeah. it was in the movie Breathless. Like, he's everyone's covered. Yeah, when he, when yeah. he walks into Jackrabbit Slims, yeah. I think that's the song that's, that's yeah, playing. That's nailed it. That. Yeah, Oh, you yeah. nailed that. Yeah, yeah that's right. It's that's right. Yeah, he's a, it's a great tune. And and um, and he's just like, you know, he was pre-surf band, and it wasn't surf music. It was instrumental. It was much heavier than Dwayne Eddy, who I'm sure is in. And uh, you ever get to meet him? No, no, no. I never met him. He was a nut job. Oh, yeah? Absolutely insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he still alive? No, yeah. he died a couple oh. years ago. Do you know, did? You know yeah. the, the, the story, who are we hearing? Dick Dale has, obviously, a, a legendary sound as well. But yes. we hear he is actually a, a dick. You know, like he is... <laughs> He's yep. actually an insufferable prick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him. He's and got some. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He thinks he invented a lot of things. Right. <laughs> he like I invented Playgirl magazine. Like he'll just make stuff up. You know, I invented the bending arm for the microphone. I invented this whole area here. <laughs> I invented pretty women. Did you know yeah. that? Gorgeous women. Invented I invented them. Look at them. This is all my. This is all my stuff. This is all my stuff I've done. I'm insane. I have a ponytail. How are you? But he's a great, great guitar player. Yeah, yeah, really, yeah. really great guitar player. Nice. You know? Uh, aside from the, uh, he's just not that, that into you. What are some of the other titles of the books that you? Uh, it's called the breakup because it's broken, which has a chapter for men called uh, uh, "Dude, get off her lawn." Uh, Our guys, <laughs> we had a dating book that came out a couple uh, last year called "It's Just an Effing Date," which yeah. we did a, a, a thing for, and then we have the you know how to keep your marriage from sucking is currently being. That's written. that's an interesting one because I, I dispense advice as well because you know, my wife and I have done you know uh, therapy that actually paid yep. off and it just yep. brought it down to one simple thing how to communicate. There's a, there are simple yep. people. We, all the sexes are the same. They're not. We hear things differently, <laughs> and and it's just the, the the truth of it. What's the biggest mistake a guy? Because we have a lot of guys who do singles yep. mixers and guys yep. are, are woefully unequipped to approach women. What's mm-hmm. the biggest mistake guys make who are currently on the dating scene? Um. I mean, it always comes down to just not being yourself, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And also, um, I think <clears throat> I, we, have a, we have a phrase that we use um, called don't freak people out with your need. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's a game to be played and it's called don't be needy. You know, so walk up to a woman, give her a compliment and leave. <laughs> yeah. Leave, bro. Say yeah. something nice. Take your drinks. Walk off. If she looks at you, then she then it landed. Right, right. But like, you, can, you can bring if you if you bring nothing to it, but but just service. If you're just like, I just want to say you like you're you're beautiful, and I don't want to bug you. I'm getting a beer, but I you know I, I felt incumbent to me to mention it. You know what I mean? If she's inter- that's a solid thing, and then you leave, and then the girl goes. Angela over here is frantically nodding. You agree yeah. with that? Yes, yeah. guys, stop lingering. <laughs> don't linger. Yeah, don't yeah the linger. linger. The linger's a bummer. Yeah. The ling- yeah, yeah, dude, you're just hanging on the outside. Have a plan. Anybody in life with a plan that has to go somewhere but can't stay the whole time, that's always hot. That's, you know, and that's what happens when you have a job. You agree, Angela? Mm-hmm. Yeah. A- Angela, yeah. so so if a guy comes up and says, you're, you, I just want to say you're you're a, a gloriously beautiful. You're I say pleasant. thank you yeah, okay. so much. Oh, I and got that's a good great. One. And then walk away. How about you leave, what are there, 10 digits in a phone number? You leave them nine digits. Hey, listen, if you want to come get the last digit, I'll be over here. Right. I will throw the piece of paper away. <laughs> Bye. That's, yeah. ho- that's hokey. That's hokey, right? The, uh. 
Well, also because you're giving them their your your number, you yeah. should ask. Or you, I mean, or just well, walk up and go, look. I, you, if you're not seeing anybody, I'd love to take you out. Simple, just yeah. clean, just super clean. But you don't right. have to be. I, I want to clarify yeah. Angela over here because if you come over and you say hi, I just want to come over and say you're beautiful, and you walk in, that doesn't mean that you're going to land her. <laughs> that means you've given her the option. You have now put the ball in her court. That's and right. She's interested, and, and you yes. know what? It, that way, it alleviates a waste of time for everybody. But I think I can't tell you how many women will say men never come up and just say something to like men don't come up and say something to us. You know what I mean? They don't. They don't hmm. approach women enough or in the right way. The a lot one- of dudes just like to get drunk stand next to you and hope it works out yeah i've seen that all the time <laughs> dude that's, that's how they do it in australia that's how they do it in australia no, no that I mean, it happened uh recently um during camp out for hunger we yeah. were we were hanging out at xfinity live afterwards and it was just a group of people and there was a, a really nice guy but he had no plan greg and the, the have a plan approach works yeah. really well and he just lingered and after a while it got a little uncomfortable for everybody involved, you know, So yeah. especially the girls. Right. And it also, like, you've now ruined the moment that you may have already had. Like, right. you don't know what you've done. But if you go up and you – and look, the girl will let you know if she wants you to stay. Right. She'll, she'll re-engage you in conversation or it's say brilliant. something nice to you. Right. Brilliant and so true because you, you, you now – you give her ownership right. of the moment and she can make the decision. And, and, and in that – you you end up looking much better than you would if you stand there and verify that you're nothing worth talking to. Right. And a lot of people will say, I always get when this conversation comes up, like, well, what if I'm shy or whatever? I'm like, you know what? I, I feel for you if yeah. you have anxiety. I genuinely do. And I think if you have that kind of anxiety, you should probably get some help for it. Yeah. But life is over quick, bro. Yeah. And that moment is gone. And you may never see that person. And why why, why not? I yeah. Mean, there, there was, to me, there was something exciting about the idea that I could easily be rejected. Yeah. But it's sort of like when I go up and do stand-up. Like, most of the time it goes very well, but it could go poorly any time. <laughs> right. There's no guarantees. And that's sort of a thrill. And if you can get over the hump of, like, worrying about what the what the what's going to happen, you might enjoy doing it, you know? True, and plus, you got to practice. You know Am I, I see- wrong? No, Kathy, Kathy, uh, no, certainly. Yeah. No, not at all. I think, no, I think that's exactly correct. Yeah. The thing is, Kathy's perpetually horny, so Stop she it. would just say, oh, yes. Oh, yeah, oh, that's I awesome. That. She has to change her yeah. underpants like, what, Ew. seven <laughs> times a day? It was disgusting. You know what? When yeah. I was when I was 23, I didn't know this, and uh, you, maybe you can speak to somebody who is that age, but um, actually having some idea as to where you may, might want to take a career or have a job. Like, I was just bouncing around. I had no direction whatsoever, and I was really interested in this girl, and we liked each other. We had a really nice time together, but it turned her off and ultimately ended the relationship because I, I had no plan whatsoever when it came to having a job or a career path or anything like that. And she's the one who told me. And it was really, it was a nice mutual exchange. And, and we never hooked up again afterwards, but it was good advice to get as to come up with an idea, come up with a plan. I think part of the reason is, is that when someone doesn't have anything to do, you're their thing. They get the sense that they're your, the thing that you're doing. Yeah. And they can't take that pressure. No one can take the pressure of you only wanting them. You know what I mean? Like, get a job, dude. Like, have something. Find something. Even if it's, I mean, even if it's not a job. Yeah. Even if it's like, I, 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 I like you, but I have to play softball. Weird. But whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's, you know what I mean? Like, just so that you have a place to go to, a place that has, you know, because people are interested in people who have other interests. That's right. what. That's why a, a relationship can be fun. Like my wife had a job at a record company. Yeah. So she had zero time for me, which I found very hot. <laughs> like just no time. Like flying to Las Vegas yeah. to see Beck, and I was like, so no, I'm not going with. No, okay. <laughs> but I found that very exciting because yeah. she lived a life that was, you know, on fire. So, so she's your creative partner as well. You, you guys, yeah. you, you know, you, you you do a lot of stuff together. Is um, does that create issues when yeah, you're yeah. exposed totally. to each other that much? Yeah, yeah. How do you deal well, yeah. with that? 
Well, we, I've gotten on meds. Um, <laughs> I wish I was joking. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. I'm very, you know, when you do stand-up, you you like a reaction. So if I write something and then she just stares at it, before she can even say she doesn't like it, I'm like, whatever. And then, it's a, then, it, then the whole day's wrecked. And then you go on. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. my wife's a thinker. My wife's quiet. She's a thinker. She'll look at something for a really long time and then later on tell you she thinks it's funny, but she'll just stare at it for a long time. Do you know my wife gets all the time and it's the thing. is, is she, Oh, you... Steve's so funny. You must laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh. And, and so uh, I told her her response should be, yeah, until he starts hitting. And that's just... <laughs> My wife would say, if laughing is crying, yes, that, that's what happens a lot. And I do it mostly alone in my car thinking of all the other choices I could have made. She could have married anyone in Sugar Ray. Yeah. Well, I'm psyched for the marriage book. When will that come out, do you think? That'll come out. It's supposed to come out the first part of it. So now, the, the, now they do books where you can write like a short super small book so it's going to come out in five different installments and is okay. the, e-book, the e-book thing is that is yeah, that's that revolutionized the industry well it's i don't know if it's re- it's well yeah. it's like it's like uh it's wrecked the <laughs> it's it's ruined the industry in a way but on right. the other hand you don't have to write um 500,000 words like it, you can write hmm. half as much and people will will buy it but then if you're going to if you say to them look the first two chapters are this or the first yeah. b- book is this the second book is that you know it's sort of taken the concept what what iTunes did is with music right. uh, you don't have to buy the whole album you buy separate little things but yeah. i mean obviously in this case it, you can serialize yes a book right and also people will pay 250 for a smaller book yeah, and yeah, yeah quite honestly a lot of books should be smaller our <laughs> right. relationship books should never be more than 174 pages right if so we're just lying yeah, yeah, yeah. the last just, just 40 bad. pages are just lies <laughs> it's the, the hidden secret of the yeah uh, yeah, the yeah, yeah help books actually. yeah 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 well if uh if you're just tuning in we're getting a lot of people who are just tuning in wondering who we're talking to it's uh greg barrett and then how about your band what's going on i mean or the king sweater is it uh... the king sweater is going to start doing shows and um uh it's a it's the thing i'm doing right now is i'm telling that story while playing music at the same time so it's sort of like a punk rock cabaret thing yeah, yeah. and um uh, i'm doing it as a one-man show in australia i go to australia huh. every year so i'm going down there for nine weeks nice uh in march but and- i do it out and getting it going. There it is. Yeah, this is Rumble. Oh, by I the love way. it. Case, you know the song. Yeah. That's Link Ray. That's a great tune. And actually, it was when she comes back from the bathroom, I think, is the scene. In, uh, yeah. Yes. And if uh, you want to see something Jack amazing, you can YouTube, but it's from the movie. Uh, it might get loud, but uh, um, Jimmy oh, yeah. Page oh, yeah, yeah, listens yeah. to this and yeah. turns it up and air guitars to it and brings him so much joy. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Well, listen, go and see Greg. And I tell you what, we'll put a link to your Twitter page and, yeah. and anything, anything else you want. And your MySpace. My, my, my MySpace page, my LinkedIn stuff is up there. What's uh, your AOL account? Yeah. yeah. Just Actually, just put a link to my Uber account. I don't, I don't even know how that works. But I have a profile over there. <laughs> we'll put that on PrestonSteve.com. And, uh, and Angela, thank you for coming in, too. It's good me. to thank see you. Thank you so much, Greg. Greg, enjoy your time in Philadelphia, Thanks, man. Thanks, guys. It was awesome. All right, Greg Baird, everybody, the King Sweat. The Preston and Steve Show Podcast. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks.